Ladies and gentlemen, may I present for your intellectual and philosophical pleasure Run Fast on Raw Dog Product Comedy Hits Channel 99. Everybody, it's the Ron and Fez Show on a Monday, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Chris Stanley writing stuff down for me as we speak, so I'm going to read this. No, note. no, don't read it out loud because that's what, you know. That's what you know. That's the Easter egg phrase. I remember you told me the Easter egg phrase. This morning, uh, because people are calling in right now, the phones are jammed with folks who are playing our on-demand contest. We are the only show in the history of radio who sets up separate games for people who listen on-demand. Now, how do you listen on-demand, Chris? You go to SiriusXM.com slash on-demand or use the SiriusXM app. No, is Slash, are we talking about the Guns N' Roses Slash? No, 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 the character on the keyboard, Slash. Yeah, he's quite the character as well. <laughs> the, the, the thing on a keyboard, the Slash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on demand, SiriusXM.com slash on demand. That's how you play. You listen to the on demand, you hear a phrase. Now, I had to leave the other day, so Chris Stanley set up a phrase, and I'm not happy with it. No? Because we're giving out signed Joan Rivers today. Uh, Chris... Pick a number between one and nine. Three. Here's Dave in Rochester. Dave, you're an on-demand listener. Hey, yeah, it's actually Matt. Now, Dave, do you enjoy the on-demand? Uh, yeah, I do. Why is that? Why is on-demand good for you to listen to? I like it because I can actually fast-forward and rewind on-demand. See, I don't do... I've never listened to anything on-demand before. Yeah. You get to go as far as or as backward as much as you want. Why don't we go as far and backward as much as we want during this show? They say that's not Now, possible. here's the weird thing. We're on demand right now. Yeah, we are. We just don't realize that. Exactly. So we're this. our voices are going out some different time of day in some different place. I don't know. Mind fuck. Yeah. Uh, so, Dave, you primarily listen on demand or do you listen in regular time as well? I usually listen live, and then on Friday I went back, and I thought it would be on the Audible app as well. So I listened on Audible and didn't catch the Easter egg, so I had to go back and listen a third time on demand. Now, why isn't it uh, working that way on the Audible? The Audible is in real time? Audible's in real time, and we're just focusing on, just this is just on demand. I understand, but there's not an Audible on-demand app? 
There's, yeah, with the Audible, you up, you do it the same way as On Demand, but it's through Audible, not Sirius. It's a separate oh, Audible. Oh, that's on Audible.com. Yeah, it's Audible.com. Yeah, I never even understood what, why we're even connected with that. Yeah, I don't know either. But the, the, to get the Easter egg, you go to SiriusXM.com slash On Demand. Because I don't think, I think XM was in business with Audible, but Sirius isn't. Yeah. And then when Audible screws up, they always say, you guys did not load. <laughs> yeah, which is crazy talk. So, yeah, there are people who said, I talked to Audible, and they said, your asshole producers <laughs> did. And I'll go, I'll send it on to my asshole producers. And then my asshole producers said, you did load it. Yeah, it's the Audible asshole producers that are the problem. <laughs> I'm looking but, at it right now. But doesn't it bother you that they lie about you guys? <laughs> it drives me nuts. I had to call into the their producers and be like, what the hell are you guys talking about? We're this our shit's getting uploaded, Dave. You this uh, game is only played on demand. Yeah. Uh, and what's the, and Chris Stanley? You're the one who broke in and left us, right? Yes. That's Easter egg on Friday's show. Uh, what's the phrase that you heard Chris Stanley say? Joan Rivers had a dry vagina. All right, all right, all right. Now, because and that was something out of Joan's act. Uh, although I thought it was inappropriate for. <laughs> Chris to say, I don't know. Um, you win, signed Joan Rivers. What exactly, Chris? A piece of work on DVD signed by Joan Rivers. Fantastic documentary. Uh-huh. And you have to remember, Dave, no one else will ever um, get her to sign anything again. So it's a real collectible. Dave in Rochester, not really even a regular on demand listener. Start at the on-demand, but now he's enjoying it because you can uh, move forwards and backwards. Exactly. Yeah, and you can win big Easter egg prizes. Well, yeah, I mean, now, but <laughs> beyond that. And the audio quality is better because the way we upload it, it's, it's crystal clear quality. So we will pick out a new prize for tonight Yeah. as we are the radio show with the only on-demand contest in the history of radio. So the next time that you hear someone else steal that, it'll be just another idea that they stole from us. It's great. Water has to come from somewhere. Let this be a bubbling spring for all radio people to drink out of. That's the way I consider it. Have a tall, cool glass. You're not stealing if we're just giving it to you. That's not stealing. On demand, baby. SiriusXM.com yeah, slash on demand. Where did attitude come from? I'm feeling good. Well, yeah, but with the baby talk and all that, <laughs> I mean, the huggy bear thing that you do, I find to be off-putting. Um, but anyway, that's the way you win. Uh, we will go through the uh, elimination game, Highlander, uh, that we're playing. A lot of comedians locked in with that. Here's, um, let's go to Carl in Jersey. Hey, Carl, how are you? Not hey, there? Ryan. Yeah. What's up, Carl? It's Colin. Colin, how are you? I'm good, buddy. How you doing? Cool in the gang. Cool in the gang. Million bucks. Anything you'd like to talk about today? No, I was uh, I was waiting to try and give you guys the Easter egg, but obviously you beat me to it. Uh, sorry about that. Well, we'll have another Easter egg contest tonight, and Chris will let you know in just moments what the new prize is going to be. I mean, we're moments away from hearing about the new Easter egg prize. It's a big one. Yeah. Oh, it is a big one. Yeah, it's a great one. We want people feeling good. Now, most of the time we have to wait until I say, go get the prize before anyone will take the opportunity to go and get the prize. But in this case, we're doing that now. And it's very, very exciting. Now, did you watch uh, Goodell's press conference the other day? Yeah, I I caught it, yeah. Uh, did you see our buddy Adam from TMZ was the guy grilling 
Good though. I was so happy to see Adam there. Mm. Or hear Adam. So, Chris, you're ready to uh, the next big things. Yeah. Next prize for Easter Egg On Demand? Space Cowboys signed by Mr. Donald Sutherland. Hmm. Okay. Donnie S., that's what I call him. Uh, Chris Stanley, we know today, well, it's actually tonight is the first day of autumn or fall, as you nutdraggers call it. And I knew that because Chris Stanley wore his army jacket. <laughs> it's time to bust out the army jacket and look damn good. I talked to so many people over the weekend who are frightened about winter, who are saying, I can't believe this is coming up. I didn't even get over last winter. And I'm like this. First of all, calm the fuck down. It's the first day of fall. Why are you worrying about winter? You got to appreciate what you got now. They feel like the winter is coming at them like that nothingness in Fifth Element. <laughs> That's somewhere off of our orbital horizon. It's all coming towards us. Where's Tiny Lister to help us? Zeus Tiny Lister. President of the universe, like, right? I mean, yes. yeah. He, he and Debo. He may be the greatest actor known to man. I love him. I like... Um, and he was Zeus and No Holds Barred. Of course he was. And he changed his name to Zeus for a little while and even wrestled <laughs> yeah. under that name. Yeah, he was Ted DiBiase's boy. Like buddy, friend. Yeah, the way you said it. I, I just realized that sounded Very really bad. <laughs> I get nervous about your racism. Oh, there's no racism here. I love all men. Oh. And women. Oh. We heard it. We heard it. <laughs> Boy, and you wonder why there's jokes about you all the time. And really inappropriate. Uh, I know for a fact Shelby was actually telling me today, there's a new album out, Shelby, about Chris Stanley? It's it's dropping soon. It's hot. It's hot fire. People are going to be all over this. And what's thing. the name of this album? The Chris Stanley Love Connection. Okay. The Chris Stanley what? Love Connection. Hmm, can't even understand him. Uh, he's in the other room. In the hole. Yeah. I tried to flip him out today. No doing. Wow. No doing. All right, let's take uh, a listen and see, you know, what this new album sounds like. It's the Chris Stanley Love Connection. Songs to get down to with your significant other. I'm all about that dick, about that dick, no pussy. I'm all about that dick, about that dick, no pussy. Chris Stanley theme song. Put a little spice into your date night with dance hits like this. One more time. Chris Stanley's gonna suck a dick. One more time. This collection is just right for couples who want to get away from it all for some alone time. Yeah, I don't even need to be in the room. Chris Stanley likes to suck all do. Yeah, I sit every afternoon. Chris Stanley can make any romantic evening better, even with this heavy metal chart topper. I am Chris Stanley, suck every dick in front of me. Call me Pepper Hicks, all I do is suck that dick. Perfect for couples young and old, this collection will keep you going late into the night. Pepper, 
You'll find that coming your eyes And you'll be alright tonight The Chris Stanley Love Connection is available now for only $19.99 on iBang Records, theinterobang.com, or out of an unmarked van under the Queensboro Bridge. First of all, fantastic. Really? Yeah. Fantastic production on that. My only beef? Who calls something the Queensboro Bridge? You know what he sounds like? What's that? Bridge and Tunnel Boy, coming in from Pittsburgh. Oh, I'm not from New York. I don't know what the hell's going on. Do you really call it the Queensboro? Yeah, and that's what it's called, isn't it? I mean, it's a 59th Street Bridge. Oh. Or you can call it the Eddie Koch. Koch. (laughs) I'm heading over to the Eddie Koch. Seeing uh, seeing signs for the Koch Bridge. That's not called the Ed Koch Bridge. (laughs) Never. How am I doing? Um, here's, uh, J-Bone. J-Bone, how are you? Hey, Ronnie, I got a, I guess I got a beef with you. I hate to say that, but yeah. I'm a little confused. Um, the on-demand contest, you listen on-demand, right? And yeah. then you get an Easter egg. But then you have to call in during the actual show to win the prize. But if you could call and listen during the show, you might not be listening on-demand. So, I well, no matter what happens, you have to call at a certain time. But you got to listen on demand, but then you still, the next day, in order to win, have to call during the show. But you're calling during the show. Oh, I'm, a, I'm a good listener. I'm just looking out for the on-demand people. Well, first of all, worry about your own fucking self, J-Bone. Well, but second, Friday, so even if we said call 9 o'clock at night, you know, uh, all we're saying, you have to call... Thing. At a certain time to win. Wouldn't matter to me what time it was. We just set it up at the beginning of the show. No. Just have something to do. Sure, but if you listen on demand... You uh, how would you like there. to do it, Jay? Uh, what would be the fair way for you? I mean, Ron, I'd love to join the staff if you want to bring me on board as a producer. I'm interested. I'll listen to your offers. But maybe something through the iBang where you go on, you put in the phrase throughout the... 24 hours, and then it gets selected. I mean, I'm just looking out for these on-demand people. No, I understand, but I have to tell you, with that idea, if you were on the staff, I'd fire you. I'd fire you for stupidity. And that's in the world's stupidest staff. (laughs) Oh, come on. No, I went and checked it against other staff. Shit. Yeah. Collectively, what can we do here for these? My my staff has an IQ of seven. Uh, I never thought you'd actually test it. I... Embarrassed. Did you hear the last fucking piece that ran with you? About, <laughs> the album out about you. That album's bullshit, by the way. I got one guy who says Queens, bro. Another guy who's off the rails. And a third guy who's just watching, looking at a computer screen today. Wanted to use this as screen day. I'm Not green day, which I'm like, yeah. I'd love that green day in. Hell yeah. Basket case? Love that song. Yeah. By the way, I just saw Mark Harmon down the hall. Oh, nice. Mark Harmon... That show of his, it's called the NCIS show. I don't know if that's the name of it, but I know it has NCs in it. NCIS? CSI? There's an N. NCI? No, he's not in CSI. It's the number one show, Chris, in the entire world. What? Yeah. No. The, the Mark Harmon show is the world's number one show. He's just a cop figuring stuff out. And he's been doing it for 12 years. But the show... NCSI 
is the number one show. No, NCIS. I was right the first time, right? Yeah, NCIS. Uh, it is the number one show in the world. It's, on the planet Earth. It's number one, but Mark Harmon's like the only person people know from it. You'd think that you have the number one show in the world. Other Even people. that, it's not like he's, you know, traveling around like he's the number one guy. You know what I mean? Like, they're not mobbing him like you would expect if you had the number one show. Let, let's say this. When Roseanne or Bill Cosby had the number one show, or Jerry Seinfeld, they had a tough time going places. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't walk out. Mark Harmon's riding around town on a city bike today. Damn. And his life is good. I can't believe uh, uh, American cop show is the biggest thing in the world. That that must make it blows my mind. Well, why does that blow your mind? I don't know why people are so obsessed with watching cops. Uh, people love to watch cops. I know. I don't know. It's it's crazy. There's so many cop shows, and this NCIS is the one that blows yes. above. Well, I guess it's uh, it's great storytelling. It's exciting. You know, you you're solving the crimes with them. You know, the city becomes a character. Oh. They're actually spinning it off. To, to New Orleans. That's becoming another character. That's like a cousin. Okay. Like a drunk now, cousin. Now, here's the thing. Since we started uh, doing... People would watch cop shows since we started TV. Before TV, and you would read uh, a book people love reading about. They want to solve crimes. They want to solve mysteries. You know? I guess that makes sense. Yes, it does make sense. It's fucking... Normal. Everyone on the planet knows it. You're surprised. Like, who wants to watch a cop show? Um, all right, Sarah McPants says, Joan was Jewish. Instead of an Easter egg, shouldn't it be a Passover matzo ball? Um, okay, everyone's trying to fix us today. J-Bone first, now Sarah McPants. We're not doing anything right. Uh, after the show today? Yeah. Meeting, I want everybody to line up by height. Uh, Dave in San Fran, you're on the run of show. Man, that Mark Harmon's come a long way, Ronnie. I remember him as the summer school teacher uh, from the summer school. He took all the kids out to the beach. Yeah, that was uh, a, a, a fine little hit movie that he had. That I love he, that movie. Yeah, he taught all the kids. Like, he was the cool summer school teacher because yeah. he wore a Hawaiian shirt. And, that, and I believe he's married to Mindy from Mork and Mindy. Pam Dobler. You looking that up, Chris? I'm going to just take a look real quick. I have to say, look, or no one will touch their computers. But um, You're correct. They married since 1987. Beauty. Beauty. Now, here's uh, another little fun fact. This is like, you don't know, remember the other day when we were doing presidential facts? Yeah, with Morocco. I got these facts, right? So remember the show Mork and Mindy? Yeah. Morgan ended up killing himself. Oh, Jesus. Gee. <laughs> See? We get fun facts. Uh, the big, big contest over the weekend. Actually, I was more afraid for some of these guys than they were afraid for themselves. Jay Moore. Jay Moore. Has survived another week. He was lucky, though, because he had the Cowboys. Oh, my. Yeah, they were down, what, 21 nothing. <laughs> See, Jay is playing it long-term here. He's like, I'm saving my mind. I'm saving myself for later. I don't like it. <laughs> it's dangerous. It's a makes, dangerous game he's playing. It makes me nervous, but he pulled it off. All right, let's go through some of these. Jim Florentine. 
Pete Davidson. Clayton Fletcher. Dan Perlman. Gary Gullman. Has survived another week. You really are, uh, you can get up there high, Chris. Uh, you know, I, I, last week I was, you know, I was too low. They all had the New England Patriots, which wasn't a lock game. No, against the Raiders. What the hell's wrong with Tom Brady? He basically didn't have it. He yeah. doesn't have it anymore. He may be, in my opinion, over, Rover. <laughs> Big J. Okerson. Open Mike Eagle. Jim Gaffigan has survived another week. Has survived another week. They all had the Colts. Colts with an O, Chris. I, 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 it sounds like Colts to me. Is that the wrong way to say it? It is. <sighs> Joe List. Gino Bisconte. Robbie Slowick. Mike Fenoya. Pete Dominic. Survived another week. Bert Kreischer. the bird Kreischer. Goes out with the Packers. Damn it. Aaron Rodgers, maybe another guy you don't have it anymore. Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, Jesus. That's probably true. I know it's with uh, Mike Fenoya and Big J, their, their whole home. Those two live together in Gainus. They're <laughs> completely safe. Did you pick up that Chris Daly mixtape? <laughs> you got you. I got myself, didn't I? <laughs> didn't I? <laughs> Eric Stengel. Dave Smith. Has survived another week. And then, of course, the only other person still in it. Vic Henley. He picks Thursday night. Has survived oh. another week. He was sitting pretty. Oh, there is one I forgot. 
Jeffrey Gurian. Come on. What? <laughs> Jeffrey Gurian. Um, which way do they run and do they use bats? I survived another week. Yeah, you fell into the the old one that you got in trouble for. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now you're back singing Nice and High, which everybody loves. Okay, I, I pulled myself so The only person who's got to play tonight is Hannibal Burris. Yeah, Hannibal. So I guess he's got the Jets or the or the Bears, which I don't feel... I don't like either of those picks. No, me neither. Gina Visconti, another big weekend, though. Um, actually, most of the people, the everybody that we thought was our favorites here, uh, Jay Moore... Jim Florentine, Gino, Eric Stengel, and Vic Henley. Those were all guys that we said, these are football guys. Actually, Gary Goldman, too, because we found out later. He's a tight end. Yeah, he played for Boston College. Uh, they're all still in it. If you notice, there's no women left in this at all. No, Susie, Susie Esmond was the last woman to be out. She was out week two with the Vikings. I guess you didn't hear the Adrian Peterson news during the course of that week. Well, you know, they also have pretty helmets and they're exciting. <laughs> now, her husband, her ex-husband, Jeff Garland, was supposed to come in today. Did he get moved or were you confused? About he, got, he got moved to But you week. weren't confused? No. Chris? I wasn't confused. Chris? Yes. Is this another one of your fuck-ups that you were just saying? I, if, I, if I was confused, then I'm even more confused now. Um, so what do we got? Like 22 guys still left in this for the in Highlander? 20, yeah, 20, 21. 21 if uh, Hannibal Burris goes out. Vic Henley's online with us. Vic, three weeks, buddy. You're still hanging in there. I couldn't believe it. I'm absolutely stunned. Well, dude, how, I mean, you're Buccaneer, that, and you were the only one who picked against the Buccaneers this week. Well, um, you got to go with the Falcons in the dome. I'm not going to. First of all, there's only there Tampa Bay, Jacksonville, uh, and Oakland are horrible. Right. <laughs> so, and the Falcons in the dome, I just couldn't. And, that, and I just kind of wanted to get the pick out of the way. I was really kind of, I was either going to go with them, I was going to go with the Colts to beat the piss out of Jacksonville, which they did. Yeah. Or I was going to go, or I was going to go with New England to kill Oakland. And that was actually a close game. And I that, think Oakland had a chance to tie it late in the game. Yeah, it was too scary. That one was too damn scary. Now, you named yourself first one. Out, but it ain't looking that way, Vic. You're still hanging no, it's in not. there. I, I, I figured, no, I really figured I was in Cleveland a lot before the first game and just watching those happy, happy. I mean, you know, they've got the optimism of the Palestinians, they right? Think, oh, they just think they're gonna, every year is going to be their year, and yeah. so. I just figured for sure, just, I love the heartbreak of a city, and I love it when a million people are wrong about something, and just watching them parade around and go, well, we're going to beat the Steelers on opening night. We're going to beat the Steelers. No, you're not. 
And they almost did. It was yeah. twenty seven it was twenty four to three at halftime or twenty seven to three at halftime and they came back and tied it before the before the Steelers kicked it at the end of the game. But that's why I thought I would be out. I really figured I would something so obvious I figured I'll pick that and then that'll make me wrong for sure and then I'll be out of the contest. So. Well we've only got a couple teams that are three and all, right? The Iggs, which they could they're about eight points away from being zero and three. Yeah. The Cardinals sure. Uh, are three oh, oh, absolutely. And also, the Cardinals, right? They, they yeah. could have easily Bengals. lost one, right? Bengals, Bengals three and are 3-0. and That's who looks the best. Is the horrible part is the Bungles, and I can't, you know, I just, I'm, I'm glad for them, I guess. That's just a weird division. Uh, but, yeah, if you would have told me three years in a row the Bungles are going to go to the playoffs and then be 3-0 and again here year four into the Andy Dalton era, I would have never believed it. Yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to believe. You know, but uh, they got a great defense. They got a really, really good defense, and they get after him. And uh, you got a couple of good backs. And if he doesn't screw up, they they did the throwback to the quarterback play. I hadn't seen that since you know the Gator Bowl. <laughs> yeah, that was really, really funny. And it should have been picked off. <laughs> yeah. By the way, it should have been picked off. The idiot misplayed it, or he would have gone eighty-five yards the other way for a taint. <laughs> I don't like pick six. I like taint. Touchdown after interception. (laughs) Taint. Well, Vic, you're hanging in there, buddy. I'm trying, guys. There's still some good people left. I I would worry about the Jay Moore, Jim Florentines. Um, Those guys seem like the... Gaffigan is a surprise. He's He's still in this thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For a gay man, Jay Moore really knows a lot about sports. Isn't it something? You know what I mean. He's <laughs> uh, he, but I don't. I would not so far to say gay, but he's definitely in touch with his feminine energy. Yeah, you know, he can harness it. Yeah, he's. Oh uh, well, you know, we all do that. I mean, I'm into you know decoupage and macrame. And okay, so yeah. <laughs> All right, Vic, talk to you soon. All right, guys. No, no, no. Yeah, let me know whatever you need. I'm sure I'll screw it up sooner or later. All right, talk to you later. All right. Vic Hanley's going to be performing with Ron White this weekend, uh, September 26th, Friday, Anaheim, California, and September 27th in Camp Verde, Arizona. Go to tatersalad.com for tickets. Those two guys together, that's a hell of a show, man. Hell yeah. That is a funny, funny show. Hanley always destroys me. Just, you could bring up any topic to that man, and he's very, very funny. But I love... The people who take it very seriously. Jay Moore oh my God. is so locked in seriously with this. Jay is Jay has had more careers than anyone else. And if you would have said years ago, you know, he's gonna be doing a big sports show, that would have been a shocker, but he handles it flawlessly. He's a great broadcaster, he really is. He's obsessed with his eliminary league. Man, I was waiting for someone just to agree with me. I was starting to get a little nervous in this room. I understand that feedback's not the easiest thing to come here, but you just, <laughs> you know, you don't want to say something like that you expect to get a hand, like, you know, hey, America's the greatest country in the world, and everyone just stare at you. Is it? Like, wait, I thought this was easy pop. <laughs> I was, you know, when you give somebody, like, credit for their talent, you're ready for the other people in the room to agree with you. Look, I love Jay Moore. Okay, but, you know, you don't, instead love. of taking it as a negative oh, the way you oh. are now, you had a very easy chance to go, he's great. And then we would all have been on the same thing. Now it seems like you're clawing your way back up into it. <laughs> <laughs> where it seems like you got caught not liking them, and now you're overworking at it. No, we are text message buddies. <laughs> and it's great. 
I watched a game yesterday, uh, and since it was in the East, there's no offense whatsoever. Uh, Philadelphia, fly, Eagles, fly, against Washington, which was watching, you know, two offenses against Sibs. <laughs> it's just unbearable to me how bad defense has gotten in this country. It's ridiculous. Like, Kirk Cousins just comes off the bench, throws like 450 or something, three touchdowns. He looked like a guy, he looked like Aaron Rodgers fucking three years ago. Did you watch the, um, did you watch the game, that one? Oh, yeah. there was that huge fight. Yeah, the brawl at the end when uh, Nick Foles took that hit. Yeah, there's a video up on the iBank today. Under fight, Eagles fight. Uh, but I, if somebody would have hit my fucking quarterback like that, I would have had to fist fight as well. You got it. And, yeah. and that, then that call was taken back. So it was, it was, the fucking, it was for naught. What, what are you talking about? That was off the interception. Well, it wasn't taken back. I mean, th- there wasn't an interception. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. So, what's your point? That this this brawl is hit, hit Foles getting hit was all for naught. I mean, it didn't even matter. Well, first of all, we're in America. We don't use the word noughts. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Why nothing. Not? Nothing Why would not? have been perfect. But uh, a fight doesn't come from someone intercepting the ball. The fight came from the from that shot right there when a defensive lineman just takes a shot at the quarterback, which, by the way, is legal, but it's one of those unnamed things. If someone hits your quarterback like that, the offensive lineman has to step up and fight. You have to be an enforcer. Now, does a kicker get that same sort of uh, love? Because well, touching a kicker... You're not that... In, you're not that... You don't have that same relationship with the kicker. In other words, the offensive linemen are told every day of their lives, their entire lives, no one touches this quarterback. It's your job to commit to protect this man. So even when a guy gets sacked, their hearts are broken. Their big hearts are like feeling so big and dumb and sad. But then when they see somebody take a shot at them like that, no, you have to go fight. Yeah, it's nap time. Because you could see that, you know, he's half speed running. Yeah. You know, he wants nothing to do with this. And as you said, it was all for naught. Naught. Anyway. Uh, but, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, Andrea Martin unmasked his own Wednesday. Andrea Martin unmasked. And the Highlander game is still going on. The Highlander game. Fez Highlander. There can be only one comedian football challenge. One comedian will live forever in infamy, never to be forgotten. There can be only one. Now, tonight, a lot more of the uh, Monday night shows are coming back. Uh, the Blacklist is going to be back with Spader. You've got new shows coming on. Finally, Scorpion after the 800 <laughs> things that they ran. I'm hyped for Scorpion. Your favorite show, Big Bang Theory, is going to be back. Bazinga. Yeah. Now, if you haven't seen Big Bang Theories, these guys are smart. But socially, they're like real nerds. And they can't deal with like regular life. 
but no. they're but they're high IQs. They're good, like a book smarts. You know, right. you know, they're like scientists. Yeah, but then they like nerdy stuff like Comic Con, Star Trek, and Star Trek and video games. Even though regular people don't watch such things, no, they're they're they they're forced to hang out with themselves because no one, you know, the majority of the world doesn't understand them. That's true, and that, even their girlfriends wear glasses. Which I think they should just well, get laser for the surgery. Hot girl. <laughs> you know, the hot girl uh, showed up in, in some more nude photos over the weekend. The fappening part two. They're still releasing a whole bunch of stuff. Who else showed up in the fappening? Okay, uh, Audrey Plaza. There's a video of her. What's she doing? Well, she's playing with herself. Nice in the in the in the video. You've seen it. Yes. Even though you're not supposed to. Even though we all agreed, we're not supposed to. You took a blood oath. Who I, else? Uh, Big Bang Three, more Kate Upton. There's uh, Lily Sobieski, which I was surprised. I haven't heard her name in a long time. Well, it's good to know that she's getting worked. <laughs> After you've seen Kate Upton and Jennifer Lawrence, I mean, do you even click on Lily Sobieski? Are you even interested? Like, you're just going downhill from here. You couldn't sound any gayer than you sound right now. <laughs> when men turn down women, particularly beautiful women, as being uninteresting, you really couldn't sound any gayer. Well, you release the Lily Sobieski and then maybe work your way up to the Kate Upton and Jennifer Lawrence, but we all So it's all see. for you, for symmetry for you, is it? Gay gay? <laughs> Hope Solo? She was part of this? No, I think she had one picture in the last one. Yeah, but there some more came Now, out. this isn't as big a deal as uh, the last time, huh? No, not at all. No, Because it's... we were all saying as a... As a species now, oh, this is awful. Well, it went up on the sites that went up last time, but they, the administrators took it all down. But now they're taking it down and not like nudity is bad. They're saying, oh, it's a copyright infringement. That's why we can't. Yes, that. that's what you can be sued for. Copyright infringement. That's how they use it. Just like the way that they, the, the IRS was able to, you know, get the other person. Oh, God damn, Chris. You just tore off the fucking mic stand. Yes, I did. It was loose. I was trying to attempt since it was down towards my chest. I tended to move it up. Who even needed you to speak? That's the thing about it. You are seriously like fucking Fred Flintstone now. You've moved into Fred Flintstone thing. This is Thank Christ, it wasn't the other one. Yeah. I never, I've never seen any producer grab mics as much as you do anyway. All you have to do is listen to the show to hear how much you're going for it. Uh, hi, you're on the Ryan Fez show. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was wondering if y'all saw the all of the Hope Solo uh, pics on the fat thing. She has about three pictures of just close-ups of her asshole. Uh, it's actually kind of hot, but that's all I got. Well, how do you know it's hers and not some man's? That's what I'm trying to figure out. I uh, I can't believe that the word went out like this, Chris, and I hadn't even heard this time. The it, fappenings are down. It's just, you're, they're releasing. We already saw like a lot of them, so you release more, and people just aren't as interested. Dude, are you going to say the same fucking thing over and over and over? 
Even if you switched it up a little bit. We got it. You fucking said it. You're not interested. We get it. Sit quietly. You know, I'm not interested because the prettier girl came out first. There's no... That was a fucking fake meme. These things... I can see most of these are fake. Now, who would they even be sending these out to? Boyfriends. That's all I can think of. I would think that you're already with a television or a movie star or a model. The last thing you... Oh, God. Now you try to read that from up there. Why don't we go to break and we get back. Maybe you'll have that fixed. All yeah. Right? Yeah. It's the Ron and Fez show. Ron and Fez. On Raw Dog. Comedy Hits. Channel 99. Show uh, unmasked on Wednesday with Andrea Martin. Andrea Martin from one of the greatest TV comedies of all time, SCTV. I'm not even sure if it's not maybe the greatest comedy series of all time. All <laughs> terrific people in it. All great writing. That's happening this Wednesday. Yeah, it is. 6 p.m. Yes, Chris. 6 p.m. Um, you are invited. And then we're going to have a couple of more coming up. Big stars. And maybe what we should do is offer the people who are at the Andrea Martin the tickets first to that as well. Yeah, let's do it. Are you with me? I'm with you. Oh, wow. I didn't fucking know. Yeah, All right, I'm good. with you. I'm right, be- I'm right here with you. Good. Um, now, I don't know whether I should announce that at the Unmasked or even before. But I will announce it at that Unmasked on Wednesday at 6 o'clock. Right here. And yes, right here, Chris. <laughs> this is exactly where it's taking place. Yeah, it's here at SiriusXM Studios. Now, during the uh, break, you called your troop F troop. Yeah. Because you ripped that thing out of the wall? Yeah. It's been loose for a while, but I didn't think it was going to break. No one else thought it was loose. And then you said to the guy, it's been very loose. And he says to you when he comes in, no, it hasn't. What? So you're upset that you tore that off? You don't know your own strength like baby (laughs) Yui? Later, you go out and break a swing set? Yes, I... I know people thought that the baby Yui thing was funny, but I always I felt sad for that large freak kind of. Yeah, I guess it's kind of a freak, you know. It did seem like it was size shaming for poor baby Yui. Why not just give baby Yui a basketball or make him a defensive lineman? Why mock him out all the time is not belonging, especially when he would have those big giant fucking tears. Put him to good use. Yeah, put them to good use. Everybody can do something in society. Right? So, uh, 
Andrea Martin, unmasked in New York City, 6 o'clock on uh, Wednesday night. And then we will make the next unmasked announcement there. And I will tell you that it's a big movie star. And comedy star. It's a huge one. It's gigantic. Everybody here in the booking department is a buzz about it. They're like, did you see what we did? We're the fucking best. We're better than all the rest. <laughs> like the song. We're exactly like that fucking hit song that everyone loves. We're blessing our office constantly. It's on a loop. We're simply the best. <laughs> everyone better know it. You know, I would like to know in America what was the last filing cabinet that was in an office. Because people used to have filing cabinets. I just recently threw out an old filing cabinet out of my apartment. But do you know that for, you know, decades people made money off of making and selling filing cabinets? And because of the computer, it's another one of their businesses that's just gone. Yeah. Has anyone never not hit? Do you want to go paperless? Like, yeah, of course not. I don't don't want crap in my fucking mailbox. But people used to worry about... Not having the physical paper on them. Yeah, that, you know that's my parents. They were hoarders. They were hoarders of bills and like old pay stubs for from like twenty years. They had like old pay stubs. And I found them. Like, what is this? This is just a fire hazard. I'm throwing this garbage out. They couldn't believe that your dad worked. <laughs> I mean, for him, that was almost like having medals from the war. <laughs> you gotta make sure he dodged that war, didn't he? Oh yeah, I believe yeah. he was. Uh, yeah, he was going west. And stopped in Mexico for a while, and then eventually ended up in California. This is from the vague stories I know. So did he dodge the draft, or yeah, he dodged it. He just he just got out. Like he just he was just he was like on the road, like off the grid, you know. Like yeah, but did they attempt to draft him? Yeah, he said he got a draft card or whatever in the mail. Yeah, or however, however that however, a draft notice. Draft notice. That's it. Yeah. And he just decided, I'll just keep traveling instead of doing something about it. Yeah. You know what that's called, my friend? What's that? Patriotism. He was a hardcore hippie. Look at the, the climate uh, uh, protest chains down on Wall Street. I didn't even know what was going on today. Jesus. Yeah. The streets are packed. Where the streets have no names. Well, they do have names, but, you know, they're not numbered. No. They're not numbered. Water, wall, etc. Yeah. They all have names. I was wrong when I said the streets have no names. And so was fucking you too. Hey, like that, Bono. Like they the- released their album for free. Yeah. Uh, uh, Apple paid like $100 million to, to put it out. What? Yeah, the, in distribution, paying them the whole thing to actually get the album out. $100 million. Apple just dropped. So they could say, hey, everyone, here's a free U2 album. I don't think they got a hundred million dollars worth of albums for that. I don't believe your numbers, as a matter of fact. It's a hundred million. I'm going to put that with your Aubrey uh, Plaza lie. He makes. They have like billions of dollars, so that's sort of just like chump change to them, isn't it? Like yes, it's nothing. Million? When you have money, you certainly a hundred million doesn't even add to it. Um, you're you're com- completely correct about that. People once they have money, they don't want any more money. <laughs> Guess I'll spend this till it's gone. Yeah. They just go, no, I don't. I've got plenty of money. That's that's the way humans are. Humans will go out of their way and say to people, no more money for me, please. That's just such, like, right, like rich dudes, all I think about is making more money. But, like, a stupid poor asshole like me, like, if I, I would think that. Like, oh, guess I have all this money now. Don't have to worry about making it anymore. Hey, here's our buddy Arch in Long Island. You're on the Run of Fez show. 
You know, I have file cabinets. I was going to get rid of them. But I remember seeing the movie Tommy Boy, and it didn't work out so well. No, you're right. Delivery's uh, in the wrong place. Now, Fuck also said he's sitting in front of a filing cabinet that hits him in his head <laughs> every time this kind of assistant opens it. Now, wait. Is Fuck saying that he has an assistant? No. Fuck that he can't have an assistant. What is that? Someone to hold the spoon while he's cooking? <laughs> I don't meant that in a drug way. Thanks, Arch. I appreciate it. I'm sure there's some filing cabinet people that were like, I'm sorry, we've got to let some of you you go. They're just not buying filing cabinets the way we need it. Everyone, the bomb's fallen out of the filing cabinet industry. Um, We're going to be selling this to scrap. It's all we can do now. For a while, they were, like, worried about plastic filing cabinets, you know? They thought that's where the trouble was going to come yeah. from. They didn't know that the cap- filing cabinet industry itself would disappear. Gone. So many industries killed by that little fucking computer. And now, smartwatch. Yeah, smartwatch is just, is just the, the further march. Video games. I'm coming up with something I think is going to be... I think it's going to be pretty big, and it's a smart swatch. And it's a swatch yeah. that everyone loved in the 80s, but it's smarter. Can you maybe call it eye swatch? No. Smart swatch. Or swatch, for short. <laughs> call it SS. Smart swatch. I don't like to call things SS because of what happened in World War II. Oh. I don't want people to think of me that way. But It's one of the big problems I have with KISS. Knights and Satan service. Yeah. Well, people, I just think it's very efficient. The smartwatch, the SS, is just very efficient and a great device. Tells you how healthy you are. Mm. I'm also coming out uh, for a. It's a. It's a smartwatch. Just for a policeman called SWAT, and I'm hoping it'll let them know which dogs to shoot. <laughs> Which door should I break down? All of them? I'm going to shoot this dog in front of this crying child. It's a threat. <laughs> I'm going to show the threat that the... I'm gonna show the threat I swear that- to God, lady, shut that baby up or I will pump it full of fucking love. I'll turn this place into a wet t-shirt contest. I'll break the fucking walls with your dog's brain! Matt and Lake Anna. It's a life on Mars, man. Chris Buffett suck dick. Cuffs the balls when I shoot my big loud. I wonder if he'll let them know. I'm pretty sure we're not going to have an out of volume two of that. That was a really quick turnover. I was going to tell you that, that my computer doesn't even work today, but yeah. you seem so frazzled. I will fix that computer. I don't want F Troop to come over here. I'm worried that I'll, I'll turn around, I'll hear something crack, and I'll see your foot going through the screen of the computer. Oh, no. You didn't get much sleep last night, right? Uh, all right, this is what happened. I ate, I found some old um, instant potatoes in my cupboard at home. Now, I don't, I don't shop much, so anything in there I should know better. It's old. I make them up. I make up the instant potatoes. It's cheap. It's good. I, I enjoy them for what they are. Look at the box. They taste a lot. I eat, I eat the entire packet. Taste of what? First of all, I'm still laughing that you said the term cupboard. I'm already. <laughs> the, I just never thought of you as owning a cupboard. 
It exists in my apartment. It's a filing cabinet for cups. Believe it or not. <laughs> so I'm watching you. Know, I'm watching. First of all, what is your hurry that you ever need instant potatoes? <laughs> what is so slow about a potato? It takes no time. Pasta, damn it! I want this potato in an instant. What is, instant potato is just some. It's flakes, and then you pour hot water on it? Yeah, and this was loaded mashed potatoes, so there was, like, fake bacon in there, I believe. That's what it looked like. Faking. Yeah. So, and, and they really are instant. Takes Just boil some water, and bam, you got some instant potatoes. Although they're not potatoes, but go ahead. Yeah. They're instant whatever they happen to be. Potato substitute. Yeah. But you don't pour hot water on a potato and then have <laughs> potatoes. So, Are you boiling water? Yes, I am boiling water. Well, you water. can't do that in an instant. But after they hit Why the water. Why do that? When you boil a potato, I mean boil your water, yeah. drop a potato in it. But then they got, you know, it's, it's the instant potatoes are very, they're convenient for me, personally. So I'm watching Sunday Night Football. I'm enjoying my, my pot. I left them in the pot. So I'm just eating them out of the pot. You're so sad. <laughs> Seriously, I'm going to start fucking crying. <laughs> watching Steelers run roughshod. Yeah. Over the Panthers. I noticed it's, this tastes a little weird. So I finished the potatoes, even though I thought they tasted weird. Look, the box turns out they're nine months old. They're from January. And um, well, How old did you think they were? That maybe you bought some last week and forgot? <laughs> I mean, in the, the back of your mind, didn't you think, why do I have instant potatoes? The, I don't shop. This is what I thought. I thought they're instant potatoes. These things should just last forever. Like you know, can probably should they should, but for whatever reason, they're expired January 2014. So about hour two later, all right, first of all, they expired. That, that's how long they were expired, which means that they that you probably bought them months and months and months before that. I'm, yeah, I bet your mom bought them before she <laughs> no. passed away. I know you didn't buy instant potatoes. <laughs> it's not in you. So wait, let's get this straight. A Sunday night. You're sitting there by myself eating old instant potatoes out of a pot. Yeah. You know what I did last? What I was doing last night? What's that? I was surrounded by loved ones. Oh. That this is what makes me feel bad about this story of yours. Don't feel bad because we haven't gotten to the bad part yet. So, about two hours after that. I uh, I was up to about five in the morning with things coming out of every orifice, and including your nose and eyes. Uh, no, not eyes, but oh, some of the orifices. Right, most, a little bit out of the nose. Any out of your dick? Uh, eventually, yes, I was peeing. But just pee. Yeah, just pee. Uh, and then, yeah, I, I actually I, I got in late today. Like I, I'm I'm very I'm not feeling well. The stomach is all trashed. Okay. Uh, John in Springfield, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ryan, you know, I, I like the on-demand, but I used it to uh, fast-forward through all the Fezza segments, and the show was three hours. It was cool. All right. Here's the thing. You guys bitch if he's on the air, and you bitch when he's not on the air. I mean, you can't have it both ways. I guess you can have it both ways. You just say I'm comfortable bitching. Uh, Jason, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron, I've been working on a smart pocket watch for, you know, for classy occasions. What do you think? Uh, I love the idea of a smart pocket watch. I don't like it. I never. I'm working on a smart grandfather clock too. Wow, nice. Yeah. Is it giant touchscreen? Uh, yeah. I call it the computer. The really, really tall computer. Um, 
Turtle, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Turtle. And from the, after he returned from the cupboard, Chris Stanley put his feet up on the Davenport. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound you're living right outside Fagala. <laughs> um, Chris Stanley, your life is so sad. I mean, it's a bad food, that's all. I would say this. You are a stick and a kerchief away from being a hobo. It's that simple. I better learn that hobo code then. By the way, did you hear? There's workout west. I'm gonna hop this train, see where it takes me. Hopefully, the night watchman won't rustle me out of my nook. <laughs> Straight to Monterey, where you can work at the canning industry. <laughs> Um, people writing, uh, no way that his butter and milk weren't rotten, right? I'm fairly sure that you added nothing to your Insta potatoes. There wasn't any, uh, butter. I didn't have any in the house, but there was some, um, old milk. But it was a day expired, and I think a day expired milk is fine. Look, uh, far be it from me to try to teach you about food, okay? <laughs> Thank you. You're talking to me. You're... You'll get the Insta mashed potato king, Queens. <laughs> The king of instant, instant mashed potato king of queens. There you go. That yeah. makes sense. Um, this says chronic alcoholism will fuck your digestive system. Hashtag Hicks facts. That's from Spider on Twitter. Um, here is uh, Sean in North Carolina. Old mother drunkard went to the cupboard craving some instant potatoes. A few hours did pass. She felt some gas. And spent the rest of the night on the boat. That's really good. Big ass prize closet for you, my friend. All right, all right, all right. It was funny. It was my life. I have the feeling that on tonight's on demand show, yeah. Insta Potatoes will somehow <laughs> find their way into it. <laughs> I'm all for it. I'm, I'm still a fan of the product. I just, you know, my own negligence caused me my sickness. The weird thing is that. The texture of the instant potatoes was the same coming out as it was going in, and certainly looked like it never was anywhere near the intestines. Chris Stanley, hashtag inedible foods. <laughs> I have the strong feeling that you just ate soap flakes. No, the, at least it was labeled as instant potatoes. Do you potato. want the nickname soap flakes? No, I don't. I'm not a fan of that. Um. Here's uh, our buddy Dave. Dave, go ahead. All right. So, Chris, after you retrieved those instant potatoes from the cupboard and relaxed over in the Davenport, did you, like, uh, throw up in the water closet? No, I wasn't. He the calls w it the WC. <laughs> yeah. Or Casey's the a mixed company. Uh, Andrew in New Jersey. Hey, Ronnie B. The reason Chris Stanley likes those instant potatoes is because the flakes look like dried up cum. Kiss my ass. <laughs> Not with all those instant potatoes fucking <laughs> splattered across it. Um, instant potatoes have a shelf life of two years, oh. meaning that those pencil shavings were at least four years old. This is embarrassing. Jay Peter says, even with Chris and his instant mashed potatoes in a pot, I still see him living a happier life than Fez. Fez is having a rough day today. Uh, Pat, in Boston, you're on the Run and Fest show. Yeah, Pat, Pat, this is a bad week. I mean, you missed the David Max Sports Program. Make a bad sandwich last week, too. What the fuck, bro? Get a new diet. 
The diet of dollar pizza and old covered food isn't working out so bad. Are you uh, afraid to face Davy Mac since he didn't invite you into the Mac, to the rat gig? I uh, no, not at all. I just I just the sickness has been bad this last. You're week. You're going to do the show this Wednesday. Yeah, that's going to be one uncomfortable show. I'm listening. I'm listening just to hear. I mean, it's going to be cold in that room. Ridecast.com. Love the Ridecast. Oh yeah. You think that they would have me on to do a podcast? Yeah. I may want to sign on with Bill Burr's podcast uh, network, though. What are they called? I'm not sure. I think that's all things comedy. They'd love to have you, too. I'm going to put it out there and just let them, you know, just have a war over me and my new podcast. Bidding war. Yeah. Uh, here is uh, Steve. Steve, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Ron. Uh, Pepper. Yes. Uh, have you considered? You mixed uh, milk and butter with it. You said right. Just milk, no butter. Is it possible that you're lactose intolerant? Because that well, could really fuck you up bad. He is African American intolerant, so this could be something else that he has. That almost is as widespread, so it's possible. Yeah. Uh, the lactose intolerant. I believe it runs throughout the Jewish community. Yeah. Any Jewish friends I have. But now I have friends that tell me they can't eat bread. Is that a gluten, a gluten thing? Yeah, they're, glu- <laughs> they're glutose intolerant. See, the gluten thing actually started out as people having an intolerance to it. Now people just do it for, like, dietary. The, Health for, to diet. Yeah. yeah, to lose a little weight. I remember when that was just called South Beach. <laughs> I don't know. Gluten's in all the best things. All right, let's see this. Hicks is a side dish as an entree kind of guy. <laughs> Hashtag Hicks facts. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Hicks ate his dandruff collection. Hashtag Hicks facts. There's no dandruff of grease. Do expiration dates apply to milk kept in a, weight, in a wet paper bag? I have a working fridge. Hashtag uh, Hicks eats cum shit fart. No. Was this at least a name brand instant potato, or you're just going generic? Cause that Here's might... our buddy Pit Doc. Pit Doc, how are you, buddy? Hey, hi, Ron. I'm sorry I was busy working. I was actually working today, too, but I didn't get to hear much of Friday show. I heard a little bit, but uh, and I heard a little bit of today. I just got back. But I understand Chris has been having some problems with his stomach? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Pit Doc. If you want me to, send me an email, and I'll, I'll send you a prescription for some, uh, some, uh, something to cut the ass in your stomach. You might have a bad gastritis. Okay. You want yeah. me? You want me to give you a, an antibiotic too? Sure. Yeah. Throw them in I there. From what I hear from Friday show, I understand you've been sucking a lot of dicks lately. The, oh, oh shit! You're supposed to be my doctor. You're supposed <laughs> to be helpful, Pit Doc. Hey, that's just busting balls. That's all. That's good. Send me an email, Chris. Okay. No. Now, Pit Doc, is there something going around? Because we all feel slightly under the weather. Yeah. Well, there's been a lot of viruses going around, either respiratory or gastrointestinal. Has anybody had diarrhea? Last night I did. Yeah, Chris has. Yeah, it can go. It can go from a sore, sore throat to a sour stomach to a bad vomiting, even sometimes, and then diarrhea or any or all of the above. But if his, if he's got too much acid in his stomach because he's stressed a lot lately, and he's been getting a lot of uh, having a lot of anger issues lately up in the show, I've noticed. Right. Uh, it'll up his his acid uh, production. So if we cut his acid production, maybe they'll make him feel better and try to eat a little less, uh, you know, a little less acidic foods too. And try to stop smoking. Well, that's not going to happen. But maybe I can, I'll cut down the acid. Maybe well, send, me, send me send me an email with your with your uh, with your allergies and your uh, and your pharmacy, and I'll, I'll call in a prescription for you. Okay. We'll do, Pit Doc. 
Take it easy, sir. Take it easy, Ronnie. There's our doctor, the pit doc. Seems to know quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's very knowledgeable. Uh, here's some of the other things on Twitter. Were they actually paint chips from his chip, cheap-ass apartment literally falling a- apart around him? Greg, this is Chris Stanley's lo- idea of living life to its fullest, and yet he frowns on Steak and Shake. I'll always frown on Shake and Steak after that day. John in New Hyde. Looking at this wrong, if I had to guess, Chris Stanley had like 30 pots and pans, dishes sitting in the sink for three weeks, pulled one out, wiped it out with a paper towel, and then decided to cook out of it. He probably got old greasy food in there and stuff like that, and that made him sick. There's probably some truth to that. Are you a person who does his dishes? Was it a clean pot? I do dishes, right? But not very well. So. That's not doing dishes. Yeah, it's it's not, yeah. So again, I, it, now, now it's you another You also culprit. wipe your ass, but not very well. No, I'm very good at that. This says centaurs are allergic to instant potatoes. Hashtag expects. Who know? Uh, what does Pepper's shopping list normally consist of? <sighs> Dollar pizza, beer, sometimes eggs, because, you know, that's easy. Occasionally, I'll cook up a chicken cutlet. Now, when you make eggs, how do you make them? Scrambled. Just scrambled. Yeah, just scrambled. No toast with it, cause since you don't have bread. No bacon or sausage. See, some, the the bitch about bread is I'll buy bread, but then I so I it, it just always goes bad. So you know. So I, you eat the mold, don't you? No, I don't. I don't know. That's nasty. It goes bad, so I, I rarely buy bread because I'm I'm, like, I'm paying for a whole loaf of bread. I get four four loaf four pieces out of it. Why don't you go and buy a slice? Isn't there a place in your neighborhood? I wish. Can I get three slices of bread, please? <laughs> I wish that was that that existed. I would buy it. Uh, Sherry Doc says, "Can I adopt Chris Stanley? He needs a family, and I have one that I share w- that I will share with him. I want to be his new mommy." It's weird. Pepper would only sign up for Blue Apron if they promised to deliver the food nine months late. Here's my buddy John in Massachusetts. John. Hey, buddies. Uh, I, I'm embarrassed to say I used to eat like Hicks does on your, you know, when you're on your own real young. And uh, by my early 30s, I wound up just like Hicks, starting to get the shits and whatnot. And it was, I wound up coming down with diverticulitis, and it's from not ever eating any roughage, greens, or vegetables. That's him. Wow. Yeah, you're, you're headed for a... Uh, you're going to either be forced to make some serious life changes or uh, you're headed for some real sickness, dude. Yeah, that's Watch our Chris. Out. Thanks, John. Uh, this sent to us on Twitter. For only $50, 50 cents a day, you can feed a gay alcoholic. Straight. Hashtag Pepper Hicks. Straight. And Hicks facts. It's hard to hold on to a scrub pad with hooves. Um, is this true? Are we going to get Mr. James Spader? Yes, it is. And today? Today, yeah. That's bizarre. When I hear how bad this show is, and then you tell me James Spader is going to do our show, I have to tell you, I'm surprised. It's happening. Uh, what's your favorite uh, James Spader? You know, I... <laughs> I watch Stargate. Is a really is a, I really like him in That's Stargate. That's surprising. I, I know it's weird, but I loved Stargate as a little kid. He was you know the scientist in it, and I loved him. He's done so many uh, fine fine movies, um, and this one isn't even on the list that we have here. 
Well, there's a lot of stuff that isn't on the list that we have here. This is a pretty bad list, now that I'm looking at it. But um, Two Days in the Valley. I'm a big fan of his work in that. That's good. And it somewhat reminds me of the show that he does now called, uh, well, it's called Blacklist. Now, I have fr- I'm a Blacklist guy. I watch it every week. I think Spader is every bit as interesting as John Malkovich, and I will watch John Malkovich in, any, in anything. Uh, and Spader's the same way. His any quirkiness that he does is is kind of cool and creepy and scary, but I've talked to friends who say they're not even a fan of the show, just a fan of the character that they watch every week just to see him because he's so bizarre. Have you ever watched it? I never saw the blacklist. No, the blacklist is something that never would have gotten on television in the past. He's Red Reddington. He's a guy against our government that works with our government. And he gives them names of people who have committed crimes. Now, he's also trying to get those people off the street himself. They're competitors of him, right? Okay. So he goes to the CIA and says, I have somebody who's committed a bunch of crimes and I'd like to give them. They know that he's only doing this for his benefit. Yet it benefits them to get these people off. He goes against our government. He works with rogue members of our government. It's fucking crazy. Sounds bad. And there's an endless amount of murders in this show. Like one of the characters that we're supposed to like, it's this girl that he's obsessed with. We watched him kill her father with a pillow. Holy shit. And I'm like, I can't believe this is TV. Network TV. I mean, it's not even HBO. Like it's graphic? Yeah, you know how they say that this isn't TV, it's HBO? Yeah. This is TV that oh. he's doing this on. Yeah, this is very graphic. That sounds great. Where have you been for the last year? Eating bad potatoes? Just have been in this potato rut. All right, so James Spader will be here. Um... Less than zero. He was amazing in that. He pimped out Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. And that Sex, Lies, and Videotape was the first kind of movie, I think, that saying, no, I'd rather jerk off. You know what I mean? Sure. That theme has come in, and now most people would rather jerk off. Yeah. You jerk off more than you have sex, I assume. Yeah. That's maybe the saddest thing that a person can say. An adult can say. I, you know, when you, and yet in today's society, we embrace it. Like, jerk off, everyone. (laughs) I got some great jerk off tapes for you. Here, here's a link. Stream it. I see you in the next Frappening. Oh, no. This Frappening, not as big as the last one. No, this uh, second leak, because they got, because the first leak was like celebrated before the backlash shit. Now the backlash is in full effect, so that they got uploaded, but then they. Then they, people are just saying, like, no, you got to take this down immediately. We don't mm-hmm. want them anywhere. Uh, Jack. Jack, you're on the Run of Fez show. Bro, oh, man, where's Fez at? I thought the old Fez was back, the big chat. He's here. He just came in having a very off day today. And he said he had to even take some medication before. And I said, relax. 
relax, don't do wet when you want to get too wet. But again, it goes back to people are upset when they don't hear him. People are upset when they hear him. It's the Fez Watley story. Just like with Chris. You don't like him when he isn't drunk. You don't like him when he is drunk. How can I win? You can't, Chris. Stay buzzed all the whole time? You're a fucking loser. <laughs> Jesus. All right. We do have James Spader. He's ready to come in tonight. This uh, show comes on called Blacklist. It's the second season. And from my understanding, we're finally going to be fighting Berlin this year. I know. When I say Berlin, what do you think of, Chris? Germany. You're wrong. Oh, it's not, it's not Germany? No. We thought that for a long time. Blacklist airs Mondays, 10 o'clock. Let's bring in uh, the one and only James Spader. back tonight and it looks like all hell is breaking loose there and James Spader is in studio with us. How are you, sir? I'm doing very well, thank you. You know, this uh, character that you play, it always makes me laugh that this is the type of thing that never would have been on television years ago. You know, it's so uh, it's such a complicated guy and violence can break out very, very quickly. Yes. Uh Television for you is something you've been able to go back and forth between TV and movies. Yeah, I've been very lucky in the last uh, five, six years. I've been able to, uh, I've had uh, finished doing a television show for a while and then came to New York, did a play for a year, David, mm-hmm. Mam- David Mamet play Race, um, then went back and did a little visit on uh, The Office for a year. Um, and they were nice enough to let me out to go and do the Lincoln film with Steven Spielberg and and then The Blacklist. And then this spring, uh, The Avengers again. So I've been able to jump around a lot, which has really been wonderful. Well, that used to be, again, you would have to pick one of those paths. They really do. The, yeah. the, the, each of the businesses available to... Uh, actors and and everybody writers directors producers um, were were finally delineated you know mm-hmm. they just they there was not a people didn't move they were very very separate businesses yeah um, and that's changed now well you know when you get to do when you get to do like the big comic book film but also get to do mammoth uh, also get to play this character which changes moves around and keeps everybody on edge because we don't know who this guy really is. Right. Uh, it's kind of good work everywhere. Yeah, you know? no, I've been very lucky. Yeah. I mean, it's been, you know, this show, when looking for a television show to sign up for, you know, you're signing up for <clears throat> a period of time and you don't know what the lifespan of that series may be. It could, sure. be, it could be six months or it could be, you know, seven years or, or more. And, and so you... 
I'm always looking for something that's going to sustain, where it's still going to be surprising, it's still going to be able to, you're going to be able to cross a new threshold, even if you're in season four. Mm-hmm. Um, and this show, right from the pilot, when I first read it, I realized that the possibilities were limitless in terms of that. Well, uh, the thing is, too, we can watch the show and still not understand his motivations. That's yeah. part of the fun of what motivates this guy, other than we know, you know, he's <laughs> fixated on this young girl, but we don't exactly know why. But then you think to yourself, what was he doing all these years before? What made him get up in the morning? Yeah, and I love it. I love that the show allows for him to... I, I like it when our show shows him conducting his business concurrently while he's yeah. while he's working with the FBI, and you know they've we were able to do that throughout season one, and I think we'll continue to do that in season two. And um, and and you know also I was very lucky. I I worked for I don't know six and a half years or something on uh, on a television show uh, the last year of the practice uh, transitioning into uh, Boston Legal, and in that show. The show was an amalgamation of, effort, of very different things. You know, it was, a, it was funny and silly and, and yet very dramatic and, and emotional at times. And, um, and so I was spoiled on that show because you mm. were able to play a lot of things and, and, and uh, it had a, a real surprising amount of variety. And um, even though it was within a, a, you know, a fairly strict uh, uh, sort of um, format or, 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 you know, um, being a legal show. Um, and so when looking for something that, you know, when I did The Office, it was, it was great fun, but I knew what the entity was, and, it was mm. and, and I also knew that it was a year. Right. Um, but in looking for something that I was going to be joining for conceivably a period of time, I really wanted to find something where um, as dramatic or, or, or um, dangerous or in, emotional as it may be, that it also have a real um, uh, irreverence about it that really was part and parcel of how that character um, saw the world around him yeah. and, and how he lived. Um, and this show has that. And it's shot like a movie. You're in D.C., you're in New York, you're in Plains. I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, this is the second season opens right up, right away, yeah. over, overseas. Uh, um, and it, yeah, there's there's a lot of travel on the show, which I think is, a, you know, I, listen, the the combination of our two companies that, that make our show, Sony being the, the studio that makes it, and, and NBC being the network that broadcasts it, it... You know, it was important to both of them that this have a real international presence. And I think that's probably become, you know, so important in terms of the economics of television now. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think that the international aspect of the show um, supports an audience overseas very, yeah. very, very well. I mean, this this week on Wednesday, I go over to London and and do an, uh, an international press tour over there. Um it, I think the show just started airing in France this year, um, and people, as I was, as I said when I was shooting the Avengers during spring, during the spring, I was in London, and 
Um, the international audience for the show is is as excited as as the American audience is. Well, I think they probably like the fact too that the American government is not necessarily the good guys in this too. Uh, you know, I mean, everything is gray. Yeah, no everything you is run gray. Into. Yeah, everything yeah. is gray. Uh, doing the Avengers with Robert Downey Jr. You guys were kids together in the eighties, and now after you know, still doing stuff. Together. It was really one of the nicest. Um, it was for me. It was really on a personal level. It was just. Um, it was one of the most delightful aspects of doing the film. Was um, you know, he and I. I haven't seen Robert in in some years. Uh, our lives have have been on two different paths, and um, and it was just it was as we we started up right where we left off. That's great, and that was really one of the loveliest things about doing the film. He's a, a guy that everybody always rooted for, even when he went through his troubles. And, you know, I'm a recovery guy myself, so uh, he's one of those guys that you could point out to people and say, look, it's never a tremendous you, success yeah, story. Yeah, you can yeah. never count someone out because yeah. uh, he had such a tough time. And now he's probably the biggest movie star on the planet yeah. and really takes care of everything around him, too. Yeah, he you know, yeah. he's a good, responsible guy. Um, the Blacklist airs Mondays on M NBC, uh, 10 o'clock. Season premiere airs tonight. Go to NBC.com for more information. And this is uh, this character is as complicated as everything goes on. You really do feel like you can get a long run out of it because it's moving at the speed of a movie Yeah, right now. I mean, the first episode I just saw of this second season I just saw last night, and it's... Um, the train leaves the station at full speed. That's uh, great. Yeah. Uh, any more theater for you after doing the mammoth that time? If if I get just a, even a moment break, that would be what I would love to do. That's the first love for you, theater? Uh, no, I really love. I really. Uh, I, I, the reason why I say that is because after doing a television show, you know, when, when I finished doing Boston Legal, and I was sort of looking at films, and you know. Uh, Obviously, the um, the television community, you know, the there were things that I was looking at there. I just didn't arrive at anything that seemed right. And then this David Mamet play came along, and I and I was very excited about it. And I realized in doing that, I hadn't done a play in many many years. And I realized. It was the perfect antidote to doing a television series for yeah. a body for a bunch of years. You know, it just is. It's such a different, um, such a different job. I mean, it, it you know, as opposed to just volumes of material, mm -hmm. which is what you have with an hour long drama. Just it's a relentless amount of material um, to be able to go and there's something. Um, very ritualistic about going and exploring the same piece of material, um, performance after performance, and mining it for all it's worth. Particularly with Mamet, I think, because every syllable is important yeah, to him. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and it's, uh, his, his writing is, is, is very rhythmic and, and, um, syncopated. And, and therefore, like music, it can be, that can be um, reinterpreted mm -hmm. um, uh, from performance to performance. And just the smallest thing in terms of pace or in terms of um, changes, 
changes everything. Yeah. Uh, so it was a great, great year. I, I really enjoyed it. And and when I finish with this show, that's what I'll be looking for next. Well, he's so challenging to the audience, which people have forgotten. That was always a big point of of this, not just to entertain the audience, yeah. Yeah. but to sometimes make you sit there and go, I don't think I agree with this at all. Yeah. And then... That's the starting. Yeah, there point. was a funny thing that happened in the you know the play was um, the play was an hour and a half and and when we first went into dress rehearsals and previews we tried it without an intermission mm-hmm. and uh, for the for the duration of the play my character was on stage and I pulled David aside after we did the first dress rehearsal uh, where we did have an intermission and I. I mean, where we didn't have an intermission. And I pulled him aside and I said, besides the fact that I need a chance to go to the bathroom at some point during the course of the play, uh, if we're going to if we're going to have a long run, there's definitely going to be a time where I will need to go to the bathroom uh, at some point during this hour and a half. And as I said, my character never left the stage. Um, but besides that, I said there was a natural place in the play for a break. Um, and I said... And it was a very, it ended, it, it ended the scene in a very provocative note. And I said, David, you should send people out into the, out into the hall, out of the lobby to argue. Sure. And, yeah. and that's only going to serve your, your last act is if you, <coughs> is if you allow them to go out in the lobby and argue a little bit. Yeah. Because it's always body punches. It's yeah, just gut, just, you're like, I'm not, uh, but that, <laughs> that's the beauty of that. I mean, that used to be, uh, the reason people went out to theater, yeah. you know, was to maybe get their main, their mind changed. Well, or, 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 it was the reason it was actually more than the reason to go out to theater. The re, it was the reason to go out to dinner after the theater right. was so that you could talk, talk and disagree and have yeah. a little discourse about what the hell you just seen, you know, but and, and so many times, let's say with film, we've gotten away from that. I mean, there's always a couple <clears throat> of films a year that you can go out afterwards and, and wrestle. A I think bit. that, I think that lives in, smaller independent films now. Yeah. I think that the to a great degree um larger studio pictures are um a spectacle. Mm-hmm. And which there's a grand tradition of, of, you know, and 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 I think that there's it's a very important place within that sort of co- within film culture. But um you know, studios were making um, you know, Taxi Driver was made by a studio years sure. ago. <laughs> and, yeah. And, uh, and those films, I think, live in the independent world. And therefore, they're, you've got to find them. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think some of that material also lives on television now. It certainly does, doesn't it? It's very yeah. strange that that happened because we used to call it the boob tube, you know, yeah. when we were kids, yeah. because you were just supposed to sit and zone out. Yeah. But now there's been so many uh, series that if you don't see it, you miss out. Yeah, I mean, but that's a matter of programming. I mean, there's yeah. just so much programming now. Yeah. You know, I think cable chain satellite changed all of that because it allowed for so much more programming that it 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 couldn't help but elevate um only because um competition was fierce so now the networks uh, one that you work for go look if we're going to compete back against we've got to bring yeah 
And, and I think this. that's a reason why the, our show is, and it's one of the things I like most about our show, and I think the audience has proven to, to it's been proven out now that the, the audience is responding to this, that this is as compelling as anything about our show, is that is it really is two parallel television forms and two parallel stories, and that you do have the sort of standalone procedural aspect of the show on a weekly basis. But ultimately, that serves a greater mythology, and that serves a greater story that mm. is that is serialized, and um, and I think that uh, sort of amalgamation is um, has served us very well. Well, I think that's one of the things people like about Red because he is. Uh He's an entrepreneur, more or less, in a corporate world. You know what I mean? He is uh, uh, a wild man who doesn't back down from these ridiculous odds that he takes on. I have not yet faced a threshold that he was unwilling to cross. And he loves it. He, he loves does. being in that yeah. dangerous I think situation. Yeah, I think he... I think he's intrigued by the unknown. Yeah. But if you think he went to like Annapolis as a kid. So at some point he must have been super patriotic and something happened. The more or less. Whether it's a matter of patriotism. I think it's a matter of. um, First of all, I think is the prism through which he sees the world is unique to him. Mm hmm. Um, but that may also be because he's experienced so much of the world firsthand. Um, and I think that there, it's one of the things that we, it's one of the problems that we face culturally in, on an international basis is that people tend to view the world through the prism of their own culture without a real understanding for a foreign culture. And he has lived his life, the majority of his life, um, moving from place to place and having to embed himself in that cult, those different cultures. And so I think he sees the world in a very different way. I think he also, um, I think when you, when you live your life, um, in the extremes, which he often does, it gives you a very different perspective about life itself, not only your own life, but the lives of others. Um, and it, gives him at least a real understanding for the value of life and the cost mm-hmm. thereof when, for instance, when one's life is taken. Um, but, uh, you know, I, he, he's definitely, I don't know whether he's an entrepreneur or whether he's, he certainly works freelance. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, you know, I was thinking, I just saw this um, documentary that Rory Kennedy did called The Last Days of Saigon. And yes, I'm dying to see that. It was fantastic. And yeah, it, it, I just, it, I read an article in the Times yeah. about it a couple of weeks ago. It reminded me of your character because these CIA guys that were just supposed to pull out looked around at people, you know, uh, that they had seen there over the years. And they just said, even though these are our orders, fuck it. I'm, I'm taking these folks yeah, with Yeah, we got to come. They got to come yeah. with us. Yeah. And that's the weird thing about what people will do is... Once you're on the ground, you know, orders yeah. change a yes, little bit. Yes, they do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's Certainly back- your understanding yeah. of any incident or crisis or any, or even just a place, your understanding of that is, is so changed once you're in it. Um, and I think Red is willing, the character I play, 
Reddington is is willing to um, he's willing to step off the plane anywhere. Sure. Uh, tonight uh, it's back on blacklist. Ten o'clock in the season premiere. Go to NBC dot com for more information. James Spader, thank you so much. Thank you for stopping by, and I'll, I'll see you next time. Coming thank through. you very much. Ron and Fez on Raw Dog Comedy Hits Channel ninety Show 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ You know, some of the ladies that we know have contacted me about the uh, James Spader. They like the James Spader. They like the way he looks and they're interested in him sexually. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did you know that he was a sex symbol? I didn't know he was a sex symbol. I wasn't I didn't aware of that. No. I thought that he would be frightening to them. <laughs> I thought they would be afraid of him. Well, he's dangerous. He seems like a dangerous man, so maybe you know, that's why what women like. I see. But he also seems like... He also seems like he would go dress shopping with his girlfriend. You know what I mean? How yeah. Some guys are like, no... I don't want to go to that. It's Sunday. I'm watching football. I don't think James Spader would have that kind of thing. Like, I think that if, let's say you were being crafty about something, I think that Spader would be interested in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's open to everything. And I think that he'd be sit there and he would be like, yes, I'm looking at these tea cozies and they are interesting. No, I like really small plates. I think we should have them in our home. They go with everything. Yeah. I think women like that. You know, they they like a guy who is uh, particular. All right. The people are complaining about Fez. And I told you before, Fez has had a bad day today. I'm going to uh, let's take a picture of what he's been dressed like all day and put it up on Twitter just to show you how weird it is that today would be a bad day for him because you would think this would be an over-the-top day. Um, Fez looks, for the first time in a long time, different today. Now, don't no, don't try to just do the sad face that you've had all day because that's made it even weirder to me that he looks very sad with the way that he is dressed. Uh, Kevin, Kevin, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Ron, that was a good interview. I like James Spader. So? I grew up in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> never mind. Uh, 
He was talking about working with rapper Danny Jr., and I was reminded of Tough Turf. And then I thought, like, Hey, he did a scene with Jim Carroll. Did you know about that? Yes, when, uh, well, Robert Downey Jr. did it with Jim Carroll, right? No, uh, James Spader was in the scene, too, because Jim Carroll asked where he's from, and he's like, Connecticut. He's like, really? Yeah, he did a scene with your hero, Jim Carroll. Now, the that movie was called what? Tough Turf, with uh, P-U-F-F, with, uh, what's your face? You Jim are it? correct, and I remember that Downey was the drummer. For this, he was kind of like the punk kid. Yeah, for this weird uh, Jim Carroll thing. The rich kid. Yeah. yeah. So I was just thought I'd bring that up. It was an interesting mix there, James Spader and your hero. So. Well, I I and I I really like Robert Downey Jr. too. Like he's one of the people that I'm very uh, happy. Um, yeah. All right, now Millie says this. Um, Spader is sexy because he seems like he would throw you on the bed, fuck you hard, and then make you a lovely sandwich. Wow. I would do everything there until we got off to the lovely sandwich. I didn't know people, that's what they thought about James Spader out there. The, uh, women apparently think a lot of different things about James Spader. Gino Biscante says, Gino's picks off to an 8-3 and three start. Got to be curious who daddy is uh, on this Chicago Jets game, no? Oh, I am terribly interested in who he's picking. Who's he got? He's got He's got the Bears. And what, what's the point spread there? I believe it's five and a half. It's not a game I would feel comfortable with. And I would hate to lay off someone who's already eight and three. But I feel like this is one I would lay off. Oh, no. I'm it, not comfortable with this bet. Lines change. Excuse me. It's, it's Bears plus two. I was way off. Bears plus two tonight in Monday Night Football against the Jets. Bears are getting two. Bears are getting plus two. Bears. Unfucking believable. Plus two. <laughs> wow, I just feel crazy now. <laughs> ba da 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 da. Um, if you'll go over to Ron and Fez on Twitter in moments, you'll see what Mr. Fez Watley uh, looks like today. Uh, Joe, Joe, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Ron and Fez at X. Hey, I was, yeah, we I was wondering if um, instead of talking, can we just do picture radios so we see, just see pictures of Fez from now on? See, again, I don't. I know on the days that he talks, I get emails from people that says, "Tell him to shut off, to shut up." This makes me want to stop listening to you. So it seems like he can't win. Today he came in and he had taken a nitro pill, and he was very nervous. Uh, and I go, why don't you just relax? Just treat today as a chill day. Chill day. Because like I said before, I can't, you know, lose fess. Now I'm going to do a thing with him shortly, and I'm going to talk to his sister. Really? Mm-hmm. Just you one-on-one? -on -one? Yeah, I'm going to talk to his sister about saying we all need to come together to help Fez. And I got the idea from that from a book. Really? that I read for work, Gratitude and Trust, Six Act Affirmations That Will Change Your Life. It's by Paul Williams. Wow. The, the writer, I mean, the, the songwriter. Now, I'm not kidding when I make this up. I went through this book, and I'm setting this up also because we're going to have Paul on the show. But I said, you know, the thing that were, you know, I, I thought to myself, who else cares about Fez? Because... I'm at a point here at work where the other people don't. 
I'm not on the same page as all of them. Okay. When it comes to, you know, what Fez needs or what the company needs and stuff like that. But then I thought to myself, well, the last time Fez was up here, last time Fez, his sister came up to spend a couple of days with them. And I thought to myself, in a weird way, they're like the love of each other's lives. You know, even though that they're brother and sister. The love that she has for Fez is amazing. It's unconditional? It's without conditions. There's wow. no conditions to the love. And, you know, I don't know if she knows everything that's going on with him, that he had a bad day like today. And I talked to Fez about it, and I said, would you mind if I talked to your sister? And he said, no, I'd be fine. I thought, this is excellent. We can start become a team and figure out what's best for him. It's a positive step. It's a great step. I don't know why I didn't do it before. All right, the picture of Fez is up on the iBang uh, today. Uh, oh, it's not on the iBang. It's on Ron and Fez SXM on Twitter. And you can see that he looks sad. And by the way that he's dressed, you thought that he would show up to be in a, in a fine mood. You know what I mean? I thought, I mean, I saw that face paint. Um, so Paul Williams is going to be here in a little bit. He's written a book with Tracy Jackson, uh, his friend, called Gratitude and Trust, Six Affirmations That Will Change Your Life. It's available on stores and, and online. Um... Queen Elizabeth says, what in the high blue fuck am I looking at? Uh, uh, Rose says, come on, Ron, it's the screaming at Shelby, Pepper, and Paulo. That's the intolerable. Ro, you're intolerable too with him on a daily fucking basis. You just pick at him as well. Um... Joseph says, you and the company loves Fez. The listeners and his co-workers hate Fez. It's a conundrum. Good luck, Ron. Buzz says, what the F? Um, Chris Laker favored it. And then this is someone else wrote, did he shove his face up the Grinch's asshole? Uh, Mr. Nice Guy writes, fuck Fez. David says, I can see why he has nothing to talk about. It's very strange to do this today and say to yourself, how can you do that and not come in and kind of be the wild guy? Uh, Brian says, honestly, I did not see that coming. Um, it makes today even a weirder day. This is why Fez isn't allowed near the fishbowl. That mustache is awful. Did he go off the deep end? <laughs> and Zach Links just put sad dust. Uh, some people call him the Lorax. I don't think that is where it's at. <sighs> 
It is where so now this person says the borax. I'm thinking Road Warrior 1990. And this one just says, and this is actually pretty good, call in the airstrike, Colonel Curtis is unsavable. <laughs> Mikey says, Jesus H. Flying Fuck. Another one says, Gay Starfish says what? Finally, someone had a good weekend. Way to join a controlling religious cult, says he. I hope he brought in James Spader. I actually told him not to be there when James Spader came by, but God forbid I should ever get anything that I asked for. He walked directly into Mr. Spader. Yeah. Millie says, it's not true that listeners don't like Fez. I adore Fezzy. I know you do, Millie. It's some of the people. Here's this says, is that chocolate starfish? You have to go over and see the picture for himself. For yourself. Um, here's uh, Jerry. Jerry in North Dakota. You're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Ron. Do you think it might help if Fez was to move into your house with you so you could keep a closer eye on him? Um, we're kind of at that thing. And somebody brought up to me the other day, have I ever been in Fez's apartment? And I have not. Still? Yeah. Even though I showed up there once, I was not invited in. And um, there are a lot of people who are saying it's because it's probably in horrible conditions right now. And that's one of the things I think I want to start working with his sister on. Organization? No. Just what we can do. Oh, no. <laughs> what we are going to do. Okay. It's, it's more than anyone person knows what to do with and not everybody has um, the same all the information Liz says fire rights there's a star man tapping on the desk a picture of history's uh, greatest monsters Jesus Christ jogging on a swimming pool uh, John says who's Fez Pepper Brooks says this shit never would have went down at JFK. And someone just put the picture of him hiding behind. Zach Brown. Yeah. <laughs> and Kate Hudson. That was the one that his nephew found for us. Best creeper picture ever. It was so creeper. It's perfect. There's not a more perfect picture out there. JS said someone put that poor walrus out of his misery. I had a friend who had to put their dog down the other day. Oh, no. Yeah, it's the worst, isn't it? Oh, God. That's terrible. I couldn't even imagine. Like, all my friends have dogs, and I love those dogs. Like, I'll play with them, and it's fun. If they died, I wouldn't be able to handle it. Yeah. Like, kill me, too. I know. I'm going with this guy. I'm going with my buddy here. And she loves this dog. Loves. Oh, Jesus. This just one says, look, it's old dust. <laughs> Sheep, Sleepy writes, how's it hanging, cowboy? Chris Stanley on meth. Now, by the way, I, I, uh, I want to correct people on this. A lot of people are calling methadone clinics meth clinics. 
it has to stop. These are two different drugs. They're it, polar opposites, actually. Yeah. When you're going up, when you're going down. I mean, this you're way off. Got fi- finish that meth word, people. All right, Chris. Yes. Settle down. All right. You know what I mean? Do it from a, a place of balance, and I think that it's going to make a you know a, more of an impact. Okay. Now, do you think that some of the listeners are very hard on Fez? Yeah, some are. You're Rose of the world. God, get off his dick. No, we don't just pick on Rose. <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, there are some But there. you can't act like, oh, I'm not the one being mean, when obviously you are, you know, every day looking for something with him. And maybe that's why he's the sad star today. That picture is just... The strangest. I wish my name wasn't in it. But wouldn't you think if you were going to do that, you'd come in? Fun? Uh, yeah, you'd be like attempting to sell the character or play the character somehow. But he just had a rough day. Yeah, I didn't know he did to take pills. Well, he takes the nitro. Takes a lot of nitro. Like the old Monday night show? Joseph says, if you don't know meth from methadone, you're no friend of mine. Agreed. Are you going to go to this Avengers that's going to have Spader in it? Yeah, I'm going. Did it's, you go to the last Avengers? Yeah, I, I saw the last Avengers, yeah. Uh, this is uh, Age of Ultron, I believe. It's coming out next yeah, year. I think um, uh, they just fight um, space people. Robot Army. Robot Space Army. Mario Data says, I can't believe Ron is reading this on the air. Well, believe it, Mario. It's happening. Look, this is some what some of the people are writing. Dancing with the Stars. Is that bullseye for the money shot? Yeah, this is better than living with Paul O. Is he planning on va- invading England? And finally kill it with fire. All these are options. An Emmett Kelly Jr. WWE crossover, finally. That's pretty good. Gay Mysterio. (laughs) Turn that frown upside down. Draw a star on it and make it gay. Looks like somebody's ready to give mustache rides. And that comes from Hard Rock Johnny. Oh. Oh, that's not Hard Rock Johnny. Just a guy named John and an Italian last name. Imposter. This is kind of sad. Sirius XM Comedy has already retweeted it. (laughs) So... Uh, he's taking the Bears, getting two tonight. Yeah. Seems like a lock. He's really good so far this season. Daddy's doing well. I worry well. About, about, about the Jets' defense. And the fact that this quarterback of theirs may be breaking out, but are they going to go two and one, the Jets? Am I, am I nuts? I feel like the, the Jets shouldn't have the best record in New York, in New York football. 
Well, that they're going to have no matter what. <laughs> You're not going to get around that. But I don't think that they should be leading their division, which they'll also do if they win this game. The, the, the bear, Jay Cutler is just too inconsistent. I mean, he's either on fire or it's just he's all. Yeah, over so the you place. don't. That's a bet you want to stay away from. Yeah, you want to lay off that. Yeah, that's the scary part of it. What do you think we should do with Fess? Be honest. <sighs> Maybe a long, like a sabbatical. Is that possible? Like a, instead of like a week, like a, a long thing. How long do you think he would need? I'd say a quarter. Three months. Yeah. I kind of had the same idea, but it was at seven years. But we do have to worry about his health. Yeah, and so I think a sabbatical would be keeping it good on the health side, where it's just, you know, you just work on yourself and you make yourself better. No stress. Well, let's go over to Fez 2.0, the man who also is known as Spokes. What do you think we should do with Fez? The picture's up on Twitter. Uh, Ron and Fez SXM. What do you think, Shelbo? He just needs to be put in a situation like, you know, maybe climb Mount Everest. Do something crazy that would, like, on a sabbatical, not just... So, oh, around. I forgot that Ben Stiller fucking movie came to TV finally. <laughs> <laughs> Walter he Manny. needs to be. He needs to stiller it up. Just get around the world. Jump from helicopters instead of just being in therapy during a sabbatical. Uh, is this ring? Is his ring name Jizz Dust? A little early for Halloween. Pentagrams. And Fez too suddenly deserves a promotion. He's got a twinkle in his eye or extreme sadness. Hard to tell that with a giant star on his face. All right, send me in my two interns. By the way, coming up a little bit, uh, Paul Williams is going to be here. And um, Paul is the one that that gave me the idea that we do need a family intervention. But a positive intervention. Okay, yeah. Not an intervention of, we want you to change, motherfucker, but what can we do to help? We want to help you, yeah. and we want to make you we better. We love you. Yeah. We love you, Corky! Don't die! We love you! It's literally how we feel. All right, now I wanted to ask my two interns, because it probably didn't occur to you as you learned about the broadcasting businesses. This is one of the things that can happen. That, as you look over at Fez, and his picture's up on Ron and Fez SXM, I'm sure you didn't think that this would be one of your mentors. I don't know. I mean, I I, I like it. <laughs> I walked in this morning. I asked him, should I even ask? He's like, don't. Right? So that, that's all we got. I mean, I, I, I like it. All right. So clocks like it. By the way, I saw clocks fall into the fucking table today, which was amazingly <laughs> great. And it would have been the funniest stumble until you fucking... Took your big meat hooks and ripped out one of the microphones. It's, it's, I know, it's bad. So, clocks, good day for you. All right, let's go over to the man that everybody trusts, Peter Laurie. Yes. Um, yeah, no, it was a surprise to me. I saw yeah. this, but uh, I, don't, I don't know. It seems all right, I guess. He's, he's doing him. That's fine with me. Uh, it's doing him. That's fine with you. He's doing him. He's, yeah, he's doing him. I mean, I was more shocked <laughs> Fez by is doing Fez. I was more shocked by clean shaving Chris Stanley than anything else. 
See? I mean... I had to after all the vomiting. I'm just gonna be. I just thought. Oh, the, right. I, I just thought because all the jizz was in your was in your, oh, in your beard. Hey, clocks! You keep your mouth shut in too. <laughs> I love clocks. I love clocks. That's just a, that's a nasty rumor that's going around. Um, starfish looks more like a blowfish. Did he walk up around the city like this? Um, look out, Ronnie! He's making a gay shirt out of human skin. <laughs> Um, Patrick, Patrick, I, well, one person just writes, thanks, Obama. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Obama's to be blamed for a few things. Uh, no, we had Starman on earlier, right? Is that yeah, the one we Starman had? Starman was playing, yeah. Yeah. Um... Fez is just supporting one of the greatest tag team champs in a while. <laughs> we all get that, but we don't know why he came in and didn't talk today and was just sad. This is a kind of depression that we don't understand. No. You know, when you when you're too sad to even talk. I mean, I don't know. I think it's it's a if he's going for like the scary thing, if he's trying to like freak us all out, then No, it should be happy. Yeah. I mean, why would someone want to freak out their co-workers <laughs> unless they were planning on killing them? <laughs> I hope that's not it. All right, Sarah said, Wilford Brimley just joined Kiss. Is that Piggy from Lord of the Flies? <laughs> Walrus plus bear plus flying sea turtle face tat. Paulo's clumsy target. This one just says it's medication time. It's medication time. Let Pepper give Fez a free Hummer. No, thank you. <laughs> if I walked in and saw my co-worker look like this, I would have started running. I walked in, saw him look like this, and didn't even bring it up to him. <laughs> <laughs> That's my way of dealing. Of just not even mentioning it. Just made it. believe it wasn't there. Like. No, it was just, uh, just, I'm not going to act like it's odd. I just had this conversation the other day that I think for the first time in history, a man can wear their hair any way they want. Like a person could come in here with a shaved head or long hair, and we wouldn't think that represented them politically or even socially. Even the mohawk is a now... A mohawk that, doesn't necessarily mean punk rock. No, not at all. Yeah. It, do, it doesn't mean punk rock anymore. It doesn't. Hair, men's hair can go in anywhere without it representing them. Maybe we're down to the point where our face paint should somewhat say what we're thinking about. But no one would expect that face paint without, A, the person playing a character... Or B, at least being up a little bit. But the sad eyes in that picture, well, it's heartbreaking. It's just heartbreaking. Jesus. The saddest thing I've seen in a long, long time. Um, going up on the iBang. Uh, no, not on the iBang. It's going to be on the on-demand, our contest today. Maybe it should have something to do with this. <laughs> Star picture. I prefer that over uh, Instant Potatoes. Star okay. picture should get the Easter egg for today. It seems like we've moved along where Instant Potatoes is almost sane. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. 
anything you throw in that could just be made in like five seconds, pouring hot water, and I wouldn't put that in my stomach. Uh, it's just, just sorry, not. clocks. All right, look, I found the guy. <laughs> I, in I'd potatoes. Have Snickers. I found the potatoes. I was like, oh, all right, now you're bringing up the Snickers thing, right? Mm. Well, I felt bad for Chris and Fez, so I guess I'll take some of the some of the brunt. <laughs> you go back to the gay thing for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately. All right, this is kind of good. Lucas said this this new tranny star is collapsing into a black hole. How does he consistently get through security? <laughs> uh, looks like my black lab after he ate his own shit. <laughs> Jesus. So he has a contract, but no Eastside Dave. Fez, any original bits? I don't think this is a bit. It's sad, and it's... Well, it's just sad. All right, guys, I need you to run back in your in a cubby hole. How, how are you getting along with Shelby? Shelby's cool. Yeah. Splendidly. Do me a favor. Next time he opens his mouth, tackle him. <laughs> yeah, do that. And then celebrate after. Do whatever you want to do. That's uh, That'll be your time. But for me... Tackle him. Mm. Um, <laughs> has anyone checked Shelby's crotch for gold paint? <laughs> no. No, we haven't. So, I said that uh, Paul Williams, who is a, you know, a terrific songwriter... Uh, just won a Grammy last year, as a matter of fact. With Daft Punk. Yeah. Daft Punk. He was with the robots. Well, he's written a book called Gratitude and Trust, Six Affirmations That Will Change Your Life. Um, let's do a first responders uh, contest with this, uh, because we love him so. His name on Twitter, I am... Paul Williams or Am Paul Williams. It's just the letter I and the letter M and then Paul Williams. This book, it would be interesting to people. It's kind of recovery for people that aren't addicts. So just because you're not an addict doesn't mean that you can't use some of the tools in recovery that help people feel better about themselves and you know gratitude is a very big one for me you see it in the way i care about music and art and stuff like that and for me that and nature and just basically friendship and family is the way i think of spirituality you know what i mean yeah. if you learn gratitude if you if you if you learn to love stuff you will feel better about yourself. I think a lot of what depressed people go through is why me? Why does everything happen to me? Rather than a coming from the point of isn't life just filled with a lot of great things? I mean, I think even atheists would agree that life is filled with miracles. The Big Bang itself, even if it's scientifically proven this is what it does, or the scientifically proved atmosphere and ocean, you're still going to feel like that's kind of a miracle. In the middle of nothingness, there's this one planet that has oxygen and is just close enough to the sun. This is a way to, and you happen to be born there. This is one of the ways to get to gratitude. Uh, Paul Williams and Tracy Jackson, she's a screenwriter and a friend of Paul's, got this amazing, amazing idea. 
of writing a book for people who aren't addicts and there's recovery tips. And it's where I got the idea of how I'm going to start and see if I can't bring in more people to help Fez. I think it's a terrific, fun book. And Paul Williams is honestly, I'm not kidding when I say this, one of the best people ever. Uh, you know him from the songs and he used to do you know, all the game shows and stuff back in the 70s. He was always at movies and on and on and on. But he's also, beyond all that, a really, really great person. So what a pleasure to welcome to the show Paul Williams and Tracy Jackson. Remember, first responders contest for I Am Paul Williams. There's no getting over that rainbow When my smallest dreams won't Gratitude and trust, six affirmations that will change your life. Paul Williams and Tracy Jackson are in studio for us. And it's, um, I think it's probably the first recovery book for non-addicts in history. That was the elevator pitch. Recovery is not just for addicts. Tracy turned to me and said, hey... I said something about my choo-choo runs on twin rails of gratitude and trust, and Tracy and I have been friends for 200 years, and she turned to me. I'm not that old. And, well, not that long, 106 years, but she said, you know, she'd seen me loaded, and she'd seen me sober, and she said, there's a book there. Let's, yeah. let's take what's happened to you and find a new voice to share it in. Well, recovery is such an amazing experience for the people that embrace it. And I remember for a long time into my recovery, I thought that the, that my character flaws were drugs and alcohol. You know what I mean? And when you get past that yeah. is the amazing part of it. That's the real transformation the part. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what everyone's got. Mm. You know, I mean, the character flaws are what everyone has. It just depends how you mask them. Yeah. You know, how you, how you medicate them. And everyone medicates them differently. And that's, that's, the, that's the theme of the book. We're all addicts of some sort or another. We're all addicts. Yeah. Well, to live an honest life is not the easiest thing to do at first. And yet there's nothing more rewarding. I mean, one of the great things about being in recovery is not having to remember what <laughs> lies you said yeah. to other people. Uh, and, you know, when you look at, at, at Paul Williams, and, and I remember, you know, you know, knowing that you had hit songs and knowing that, uh, you know, you're on TV and acting and on game shows and talk shows, but to know that your life is actually better now is the stunning thing. And I wouldn't trade a day of this for all of that. This yeah. is, you know, for the first time in my life, you know, my connection to the world was through those songs and all. Yeah. But the fact is that it was a, it was a one step removed connection. And when I actually hit my knees and said, I'm dying and I need some help here, and there were people that came forward to help me, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I had that connection finally. For the first time in my life, I felt, I felt that amazing comfort at the center of the herd where yeah. I was like, this is, this is life. I, I belong here and, and it's the greatest gift I've ever been given. And you, of course, um, and you do most of this very quietly, but I know for a fact that you give back 
all the time. I've heard from a lot of people who are saying, I can't believe that if I need him, I can pick up a phone and give Paul Williams a call. They think, you know, I'm talking about regular people on the street that I have met that said, if I need him at any time, I can pick up. And what I what I think people outside of recovery don't know is how much that helps you. Paul. Totally helps yeah. me. Yeah. Tracy knows that. I yeah. mean, to, this this is is a, a kind of a part of it's it's an element of our relationship. She has all these kind of people that she works with too. I have relationships, you know, your doorman and all the guys that, that are in recovery, the, the, you know, the people that are around, you know, and I'm not dropping names or anything, but, but people that, you know, that like she knows I have immediate yeah. bonding with and relationships with, yeah. And you're, uh, and Tracy, your thing is why should that be left for people who are in recovery? Why can't everyone have that? I've always felt that way. I've always mm-hmm. felt the people I knew in recovery. And when you talk about the honesty, we're the yeah. most honest. Yeah, and they'd gone from, and I've been with some of my best, best friends. Yeah. You know, I mean, I spent too many years in Hollywood. You know, I mean, I have a lot of best friends who are in, you know, have gone through recovery and then the ones you wish would. But they <laughs> they came from yeah. being, you know, completely dishonest. Like you couldn't count on them, that you never knew where you stood. And you, I don't have to tell, you know, either one of you, angry, whatever, yes. you know, you always felt like it was your fault. You didn't know to being honest, to being present, to all of a sudden apologizing, to all of a sudden actually being these really clean. They, and they had a language that no one else had. Yeah. You know, the way they spoke to you was in a different way. And I just always said to everyone I knew, I would say this for years. I just think everyone should go for the recovery. I don't care who you are. Everybody should be required one year of recovery just to get those principles because I think everybody would treat people better, they treat themselves better, and they'd be happier. And here's that was just weird thing I walked around with. Here's what I love about the book, though, uh, because even though I've been a long time sober, I'm going through the book and I'm loving it and having fun, and then I'm going, oh shit, that's right, that's something I need to be doing again. Oh, I used to do this, forgot to stay on top of it. So about a little bit into it, I go, I'm going to just read this because you guys are coming in, but I'm going to go back through this like a workbook when I'm done because these are the things that actually make you feel better about yourself, you know? We tried to find a really simple voice. You know, one mm-hmm. of the things, the element, the, the recovery, the, the process that we use, the one which we don't talk about yeah. at a public level, has, has built into that process is, is for, before every, every step is a willingness to, to embark on that particular thing. Yeah. We tried to make willingness a, a, just kind of an essence of, of the book. It, you know, it, from the very first affirmation, something needs to change and it's probably me. Yeah. Probably is the willingness moment in it. Yeah. You try this jack and I and you go, well, I don't know if this is going going to work or not something needs to change and it's probably me you look at your relationship to food you look at your relationship to porn how much time you're spending online how much in love with your iphone are you and finally you kind of go yeah i can lose that probably something needs to change and it's me yeah and so to to find our way through this to 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 deal with the spiritual aspects of it with it with something like i don't know how to do this but something inside me does i love that it just simplifies it you know I love that because that works even on a scientific level, that you could say, uh, uh, you know, you don't have to f- follow any religion to know that if that psychologists will tell you this subconscious or unconscious mind is where so much stuff happens. Give over to yeah. that yeah. if you need to. Get o- give over to the mystery itself, you know, if you need to. And we don't care what it is. You know, yeah. Yeah, it's just like it's whatever you want it to be. 
It can be this microphone, you know, just hand it over. Yeah. Hand it and over. That's it. Yeah. I tell the story in the book about a woman I worked with named Gloria, who you know was a heroin addict. Who walks into a into a, a meeting, a recovery meeting, and uh, it was a biker's meeting. There was a fist fight. She said, "I'm home," and she she wouldn't believe in any man's god. Gloria said, "That's it," yeah. but she knew that it, that for her to be sober, she needed to have a higher power. So she loved Neil Young. So she took a sack and she wrote Neil on it. When she had a problem, she'd write it down and crumple it up and give it to Neil. And her life got better. And I, this is a, a, a woman who, in years of recovery, became a, a, a drug and alcohol counselor. I saw her turn the roughest and toughest, meanest SOBs who didn't want to hear about it, just give in to just just melt before Gloria's touch. Later on, she changed it to the uh, to the ocean. She'd sit at the ocean and, and thank the, thank that power for the life she had. I, she changed lives, including mine. And I, we've lost her now. But I always, whenever I look at the ocean, every, every now and then I feel myself kind of go trudging peace. Gloria, you gave a lot. You gave a lot. It's a, it's amazing, you know. And also to talk about the people that you'll meet there. For me, these have always been my favorite people in the world. I guess they were the people I would have partied with at one time. But there's a difference in, in walking into some of these meetings, where it's the feeling that you wanted to have in a bar. You know what I mean? It's that feeling of connection. The way people, the reason why people walk into a bar in the first place is to feel safe somewhere. Cheers. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> it's like cheers. Yeah, where everybody <laughs> knows your name, yeah. but not your last name. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. But yeah. but the truth is that you and I know that if we left here and went to Little Rock, you know, looked up online where a meeting is, walked into it, we'd end up meeting some people that we would get along with and would be very much like us. But I think that was one of the big things in this, for me, certainly, mm -hmm. is that I think, and you tell me if that's not your experience, but oftentimes when people co go through recovery, they all of a sudden have a new language they speak. Right. And they really want to be with other people who speak that language. So, like, the, even if it weren't, they weren't with people who partied a lot and took them down strange alleys and, right. you know, that they didn't want to be confronted with all of a sudden the temptation, there was just this, this camaraderie and a language of honesty and acceptance and all the things that happen in those rooms that doesn't happen out in the real world. And, we, and we've heard from a lot of people who maybe their partner's gone through recovery or someone close to them that they all of a sudden can't speak to them in the same way anymore. Yeah, good. Hopefully this book, one of our goals with, of many goals, is that it bridges that gap. That all of a sudden people who are in recovery and people who aren't in recovery will have a community, a language that's very similar that they can talk in and that, you know, places they can go back to. And I think that's a big deal. Well, also because you, you've taken it and you used it for some other aspects yeah. of our life, which sometimes we forget about. Sure, you know, sure. there's so many of the time that I think, you know, I'll do the dry drunk thing where I'm, angry or surly or whatever and it's not because i'm not drinking it's because i'm not yeah. walking that path yeah, that yeah. i set up you know and you know there's a laundry list in there of, yeah. of things that you know that that they can be the thing that you're dealing with you know and i think that for some you know for a, a recovering alcoholic or a recovering addict like myself mm -hmm. i can look at that list and find stuff in there where i definitely need work you know tracy has been known to reach over we were on Oh, where was it? Oprah? We were on Oprah when she says you are not going to take yourself for your iPhone. 
<laughs> on that set with us. Give yeah. it to me. And she, she, you know, she, she thrashes me every round every night once in a while, like a football player. You know, she just, but she said, I mean, you're not going to take that iPhone. So I got stuff I need to work on. Sure. That's what we deal with in the book too, is trying to kind of go through that laundry list. What are those areas of your life that really, that you can really, really pay some attention to now? And I think we all have different stuff to work on every day. You know, mm. like one day it might be food. You know, one day it sure. might be the call of anger. One may, you know, one day you might just be the hibernator. One, whatever yeah. it is, you know, yeah, it's I'm like you know, that. we we talk. We, it's not like it's like okay, I've got just this problem. It's really what 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 am I acting out today? Sure. And it changes from day to day. It really does. And I think that you know, and I understand your whole thing. Like there'll be days I'm just like pissed off. You know, like I'm just angry. So like that. What am I going to do that day? Then I got to really work on that. And I think that's where people really lose the consciousness. They just don't pay attention. They just react. They yeah. don't literally sit down and go, "Why yeah. am I behaving this way? And how can I stop it?" Yeah. Isolation is an amazing. Oh, it's a huge oh, part yeah. of the disease. Yeah. yeah. And you've always had that till was that always there for you? You know what I you would still do that. Yeah, yeah. I, so she's right. I'm still, I, you know, I, I'm into the man cave. I am, I am, am absolutely. And now with the internet, you can, you know, you can in the in the comfort of your room, you can go down all sorts of of shame filled alleys. It's, yeah, you know, right. It's amazing. You know, with the internet, you can, you know, you can shop, you can find porn, you can, and you can access at any of the natural urges that a man or a woman has. In, I think that that that. Part of what happened to me is, is I became, like I say, I became better at showing off than showing up. I was always, if you put down a couch and a television set, Paulie Williams would pop into that couch, and there I was, little Mr. Star, and everything shining and getting all the attention and all. But the fact is, then I'd wind up alone back in my room. And the more I drank, and especially the more I used, because cocaine was a great isolator for me. All of a sudden, I couldn't leave the house. I and and you know you're an alcoholic when you misplace a decade. The '80s were me hiding out. Yeah. Tracy's one of the few people in the world that saw me at my. I think you know maybe not my worst, but I certainly acted my worst around her. We met her in Robert Mitchum's bedroom in mm -hmm. 1982. Uh -huh. and she, you know, and she was like yeah. 12. No, she we were like 20 <laughs> or something. Like 20. And, I'd like you know, to think 12, and walked in like and, and said something just lovingly sweet about my music. And I, my response was like, good if it helps you get laid or just some arrogant, flat, nasty ass comment that just and she spun on her heels. She walked in the room, a Paul Williams fan and, and left the room, a Neil Diamond fan. It was like, say goodbye, little guy. You know, you're an idiot. But then she, then we became friends like around 2001. I met her and her husband. We, we started hanging together. We became best friends. So she saw both Paulies. Yeah. And what you and I have dealt with for years and years and years is people saying, I wish we, uh, uh, whatever that is, that, that magic that changed you, whether, whether it's from Buddhism or Hinduism or if it's something that and we talk about the, the Oxford group. I don't talk about mm -hmm. that other organization, but we talk about the Oxford group. Mm -hmm. Whatever those are, can we find a voice? to share that with the rest of the world and it's been the most amazing journey of my life i am forever grateful to to, to tracy for saying and you know what again and again and again she said three words to me go deeper Polly. we're sitting down to write and i will get heady and i will get intelligent i'll get aren't i being cute and she'll go what did it feel like when your dad died when you're 13 go deeper Polly." What did it feel like to be in the showers at high school when you, because of the meds that they gave you to try to make you grow, you didn't hit, didn't hit puberty till you were like in your twenties. What did that feel like? Go deeper, Polly. So the, the, the fiber of this book, I, I turn and I hand it right back to her. 
whatever I contributed to this book again and again and again, it was I was shoved towards it going to a deeper place. And we had fun. We did. And we're still having fun, like now. Yeah, yeah. It, it is amazing, though, you know, once you you get to the trust place, you know, once you get to that trust place, how things change, you know. Gratitude is amazing because you stop feeling, you know, it, it brings out more in you. But I think when you get to trust, it brings out more in other people, yeah. you know. It also makes you like crazy. What's that? It just makes you less crazy. I mean, mean, you know what I mean? It's just because I'm a control freak. And I just, you know, when I trust, I just, I I hold so much tension. And I think a lot of people do in my body, you Mm -hmm. know, and and because I don't do anything sort of chemically to relax it. I just do this. And if you just go breathe and go, it's okay. You know what I mean? It's okay. So it's just amazing what it's just like you know this waterfall of calm comes over you and people i think and everyone's so uptight now and everyone thinks so crowded you know what i mean it's just life has got so much tension it's an amazing thing trust it's an amazing thing trust uh this uh book is called gratitude and trust uh six affirmations that will change your life um the affirmations why why the half dozen how do we come up with six for this you know, I think I I think it's a, it's a workable. They're, they're within those six are the elements that you really need need to deal with. You know, yeah. the first one is recognizing the need to change. Something needs to change. It is probably me. The second one is is embracing. You know, I, I love the the way you you approach this about you know the uh, I don't know how to do this, but something inside me does. Yeah. You know, right down to the when you're trying to remember a name and you can't, and trend like two hours later, all of a sudden it pops to the surface. Inside there, your little guys are going around and well all the the cards and files going it's in here somewhere it's in here it's in here somewhere oh there it is art munson and you go art munson god he's been my guitarist for 80 years i couldn't remember his name we have the, this inner power but so, so there's a way to take what is what may sounds like a very serious and complicated process and state it really simply i will learn from my mistakes and not defend them excuse me that's a huge time saver for me today to turn to, yeah. to somebody and say, you know what, that's my fault. I own that. Let me fix that right now. And you don't do that as it's my fault, and some of it was your fault, too. No, no, no. But you take What's it. What's your line? Don't spoil a good... <laughs> don't spoil it. A, don't spoil a good apology with an excuse. With an excuse? <laughs> yeah. 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 Don't Don't spoil a good apology with an excuse. And that's a phenomenal thing that can happen for people when you yeah, reach out yeah. to someone in your past and you say, look, I don't even remember. I'm sure, you know, I was an asshole at the time, yeah. but I'm here now. It's very rare for someone not to be open to that. It's, it's shockingly rare. Yeah. And it's really you know? freeing. You know, I yeah. call it like being an emotional Sherpa because we all yeah. do a lot of stuff and we carry <laughs> yeah. so much, you know, you carry so much around with you all your life and and i and i have this other thing which is like become really important to me which is it's so much better to be loved than to be right right and 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 we we all stand so firmly in the land of right and Mm self-righteousness you know whatever our position may be if it's political if it's personal whatever it is we're right and we'd so much rather i mean i see this with my kids all the time is they just like have it and all they want to do is be it's right i'm right she's wrong i'm right she's who cares? Do you yeah. know what I mean? When I when I look back on the things I thought I was really right about in my life, I was like so wrong so much of the time. Yeah. And I think that we lose so much connection because I'm right and you're wrong. 
And it's it, it's yeah. it's a real it's a and I think when you just go to someone and say, you know what, I'm sorry. And, and I even now just go, you know, I don't I'm sorry for anything I might have done that might have caused you discomfort or pain. Mm-hmm. I mean, I might not know what it is, but I just when you reach out to people like that, they really they're so responsive. Well, and sometimes they're not. And then you have to accept that, too. Sometimes right. you can apologize to people. And that's what we tell people. Sometimes you can go on your hands and knees and apologize. See, I was the biggest asshole. I'm sorry. I broke your heart. Whatever. And they go, guess what? I don't want anything to do with you. Yeah. And you just got to go, I did my part. Yeah. You know what? I did what I was supposed to do. The onus is now off me. And you dump it. But I even think really to some, uh, sometimes I'll think to myself, well, I got that coming to me. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. broke something. I didn't bend it. You know, that's mine. And maybe I can learn from that in the future on how and I we'll treat people. And learn from my mistakes sure. and not sure. defend them. But, but that's amazing. And I think the other thing is you're talking about being, being right and everything. Sometimes we're right, but was it worth what it cost us to right. have, have that person say we're right? Was it really worth, you know, grinding them, you know, holding their hand, you know, in the incinerator to get them to say you're right? Do you really want to do that to somebody emotionally? You know, I remember sitting, getting out of a car with a buddy of mine and who I had worked on Ishtar with, you know, mm. been in, in Morocco forever working on this, this movie Ishtar and, and getting out of his car. I said, Oh, incidentally, I think, you know, working with me must have just been horrific on, on Ishtar. I was such a mess and all. I, I kind of want to make an amends for that. I started to get out of the car and he reached over and he kind of grabbed my arm and pulled me back in the car, reached over and shut the door. And he said, you want to talk about it? And I got it in a heartbeat that what I was doing is I was throwing away something that is a holy process. Right. Something that deserved real solid attention, a moment that needed to be set aside for me to turn to him and say, let me, let me address this with the respect that you deserve and the, and, and the, and the, the, the pure attention that this healing process, if hopefully it can take place, deserves. And I didn't do it. There was a huge lesson in that. That was a mistake that taught me a, a great deal about the process of reparation. And also, just think of how much information was there that he was never going to share with you unless you brought it up. Yeah. You know, and family is that way. You know, family <laughs> would, you know. <laughs> the hotbed of it. Yeah. There is so much that we say that hurts each other, but so much that we don't say because it keeps whatever the thing is. Or else the stuff that comes back, you're having a fight about the dishwasher. And it's like, you know, do you remember when we were on, you know, standing at the corner of 77th and Lexington? And and I mean, it was 12 years ago. And they're holding. And then you think, every time you looked at me, you thought that? Yeah. Why didn't you just say it at the time? You know, I mean, that's, I think, just... Get it out in the moment and let it, you know, if you have a problem, tell someone in the moment, get it over with and move on. It's just we carry so much garbage through so many years and it's so heavy. Most of the stuff we don't even realize. I remember years ago uh, and I was holding a bunch of uh, anger towards my older brother, stuff that happened when we were younger. And I thought of this and finally I went and saw him and just was really was like laying into him and giving him all this shit. And you, you know, because he was my older brother and you, you know, I was giving him basically, you didn't look out you for me. Took care <laughs> yeah, of me. Right. You should have yeah. took care I'm of me. I'm on the waterfront. And then when he, <laughs> he says it, I'll never forget this. He goes, dude, I was a kid too. And it had never once occurred to me how young he was when these things happened. Sure. You know? Sure. That basically I'm mad at a 12 or 13 year old boy. And I yeah. went, oh, yeah, 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 that's right. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. never once occurred to me that other people, um, 
have their own shit going on or dealing with their own stuff. But then you what know? you find you do, as you probably know, is like you yell at someone else. Who's sure. like the the brother that, that you that you project the brother image onto, right. who has nothing whatsoever to do with it and doesn't even know why you're pissed off at them. Yeah, when you're holding all the stuff about your brother that you never really dealt with with your brother, yeah. it's so much easier to kind of deal with strangers or people that are like on a, the periphery of our lives and aren't the, the really core relationships. Yeah, than it is the people that really really do matter to us. Sure. So we project all this stuff onto other authority figures or other people that we put into those positions. And most of the time because we're sleepwalking, right? We're not doing... If you do the work that's in this book, and I'm, I'm not kidding when I say that. When I started to go through it, I went, yeah, I can do this. Take me five minutes a day, ten minutes a day. And this will, you know, it's basically saying uh, just ways to keep your own house clean, you know, how to take care of yourself on a daily basis instead of letting it jack up. But if you do that stuff with strangers at first, it's going to move all the way through your life. It's the little bits well. that all add up. Yeah. And and when you, you know, you asked before why we kept it six, especially because we're not really, you know, we're not qualified to deal with addiction. I mean, Paul yeah. is. I'm not, certainly. But when we say to people, if you've got a drug or alcohol problem, go to the proper channels. I mean, mm-hmm. that, you know, this is not the book to, if you're clean like you for a lot yeah. of years and you're just like doing a tune up, that's one thing. But if you really got to get yourself clean, this is not the place yeah. to go. I mean, that we would never say. We'd never say that's right. But, you know, six for people who are just dealing with average problems that we all deal with. It is, it's easy. People don't want 30 steps. To, they just right. want to get it. They yeah. want like a real kind of little list that they can, and you don't need them all every day. You know, one day maybe you just need to say, I'm sorry. One day maybe you just need to have a little more faith. You don't need all six every single day necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you do, you can pick, once you've gotten through them, you can pick and choose what you need in the moment that you need it. Yeah, our yeah. other hope for the, for the, the book, I think, is this, is that, that this, this can be like the any room to the doctor's office you know if mm-hmm. you if you take a moment to d- begin that little journey of self-discovery and you look at what you're doing you may all of a sudden you know whereas that that other you know deeper life-threatening disease may be something you're convinced you don't have as you're looking at at this as you're beginning to do this work the the, the light may go on where you go you know what this has allowed me to to step past the in the stigma of the disease and look at what's really going on and look at where some of it comes from and go you know what, I'm going to just now step into the next step and see if maybe those guys that do 12 of these puppies right. can maybe change my life. Maybe I need that too. I'll give it a try. Maybe people that have just backed away from from you know their own, their own health and dealing with a life-threatening disease as opposed to a life-limiting disease right. will be able to say, you know what, it's time, it's time for me to check that out too. And if we can give that to somebody, that's a huge gift. I think the the amazing part of it is, I mean, our whole life we wanted to change the world. Comes up all the time, change the world. But you cannot do that without changing yourself, and that's number one in this book. That if you change yourself, uh, and Paul, you know this as well as anything. It becomes an attraction to other people who need change. People who knew you when can walk over and go, "Why are you doing so well now?" And you're able to tell them. You can't go door to door with it, you know. But somebody could just be sitting there and go, "I, I don't get it. I know that you didn't have your shit together before, and now you seem happy. What's going on? Yeah. And that I think is how the world changes." You know? Absolutely, and it's it's attraction rather than promotion, and this is taking it to an, a, a larger level and sort of an anteroom to that. I'm I'm really excited about. It. I love that you 
are, are drawn into the process of the work. Sure. That's just it. That's, we couldn't ask for any of you know, to say anything more wonderful about the really, book. Really, it is. It's that's, well, a, that's a gift. Yeah, that really yeah. is, because you think that people who've, who've been through it all for many years, like clearly you have, you know, mm-hmm. you don't, you don't really need it, you know, a tune up. You don't really need to need, look at these things, but that it, that, that, that there is information in there for you. That's a yeah. great gift to us. Yeah, that's, that's like really, really well, is. Uh, see, here's the way. I mean, you got to, it, it takes work to go out and get high every day. You know what I mean? You have to put time <laughs> yeah. into that. So exactly. it's the same thing that sometimes you forget. Like, hey, you know, I did sit-ups six months ago. How come I'm gaining yeah, weight? You know, but it's on. the same thing. You got to take care yeah. of this stuff. And the process, I think, is where the, the fun stuff takes place. That's where the interesting stuff One takes place. One of the, the nice, ni- nicest surprises for me has been that where I've shared you know, as we as we worked on this and I talked to people with long-term sobriety and talked to people that were solidly yeah. committed to their to their own recovery. I talked about the fact that that at, at nowhere in the book is a tradition going to be broken around that other program, right. that other deal we were talking about. But as they, as they began to, to hear what we what Tracy and I were doing, the response we... Uh, Again and again and again that I got was was absolutely positive. Well, you know, they went out and got those things from somewhere. These are ancient, yeah, really ancient spiritual. You go back to the beginning. Truths, you, you know, and we say that um, in the book. And there's places. I mean, you've always known it even before you got there. I mean, when if you listen to, I don't know how old you were when you wrote "Fill Your Heart," but it was. The ideas yeah. were already there. You can't take something out yeah. without having new things to put in there. Um, it's like 27. I, yeah. mean, I hadn't even hit my stride as a good full tilt drunk yet, yeah. but I was trying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I was working at it. You yeah, know. putting in those hours. I but, was doing the time. But but wouldn't you burning daylight? But some but the knowledge that was in that kid, you know what I mean, yeah. is basically in that book. You had to go out and make all the mistakes. But if you look into, if you actually followed that song, it was you'd be fine. Fill your heart with love today. Don't yeah. play the game of time. It says yeah. Tracy says, soon is not a time. Yeah. Soon is not a time. Yeah. Uh, gratitude and trust is uh, the book six affirmations that will change your life. Paul Williams and Tracy Jackson. Again, I say sit down and read it, but to sit down and do it will be a little more. I want to tell you a story too. My, my boss, uh, Gil is here. He's a program director of the station. Come over and take a, a mic you, here, Gil. Gil. Um, he knew that you were coming in and he shared a story about one of your songs. I just thought it was amazing. So go ahead, Gil. Oh, that's cool. I didn't expect this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I was separated from my three daughters who are young. Uh, I have seven-year-old twins and a nine-year-old daughter now. That um, And professionally, we were living in two different places. And um, we have kind of a musical bond with Rainbow Connection and that there was a rainbow that connected both places. So um, when I found out you were coming in, I was like, oh, I, I, I have to take the time. I want to say hello. And, and um, I was going to ask if, if you could inscribe the, the lyrics that I brought or the, the, uh, the sheet music for it. Oh, I would and love they're to. too young probably to fully understand it now, but it's something that I want them to have for, for the rest of their lives, which I think would be cool. And it's, uh, it's she calls nice. me Weepy Williams yeah, because yeah. I get 
yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's, oh no, here comes yeah. Weeby. Music is very yeah. special to me, and uh, and it's now turning into something that's really special more broadly, you know, for my daughters. And um, I like to create those musical bonds with them, yeah. you know? You're know, such that, an amazing songwriter. What, this was uh, such a great conversation. That's what I call so a heart cool. payment. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, the great. You know, my gig at ASCAP is to make sure that young writers can can feed their kids with their songwriting. Mm-hmm. So that's incredibly important. But but there is a heart payment that comes when somebody sits down and shares a story like that. That is that you cannot put a price on. It's a, a, a an absolute gift. So that's cool. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. No, I thank wrote you. It with, I share that with Kenny Asher, who wrote Kenny's music and my words. We kind of go back and forth on that, yeah. and uh, and uh, it, it, it's lovely. Thank you. Thank you. I, I think the fact that these kids that weren't even born when this song and would connect that to missing their dad and waiting for their dad is just the most phenomenal thing about music that you could ever hope for. How do you have the kind of life I'm having? It's, I mean, I'm 74 today, and, and it, the, the things that are going on in my life are, are absolutely all a gift of my recovery, all a gift of of the process that hopefully is in that book that that you know that every, you can see your life change in little bits and pieces, and it's it's little pieces of a puzzle that when it comes together, all of a sudden you find yourself sitting next to Tracy Jackson, yeah, talking to you about something that is that is. Uh, the most important thing in the world to me. And when you and we talk about music and creativity and talent, and then you find out that that isn't even enough because how many beautiful, talented people have we lost? I mean, uh, the fact is, Harry Nielsen won't, won't get to hear that story no. the way you did today. You know, there's a guy that brought so much joy to people. Remember? Oh, oh so God. good. You know, and it's just not enough. It's not enough. You've got to go out and do the work. To and we're connect. running the morning. And people don't want to do the work. That's like really the you know that's one of the big issues. Is everyone thinks now it's just going to come, yeah. right. you know? And they just and they'll look at lives and they go, "Hey, your life's working. Why?" Or someone sometimes people say, "I really want your life," and I go, "But I have to work so hard at my life. You know, if you do, would you be willing yeah. to do put in the hours that I put into to have the life that I have?" Yeah, and it's really and it's a lesson. And there was a thing the other day. Paulo Coelho was on uh, and um, on Oprah's Super Soul Sunday that we Leslie get, got to shoot last week. And he said there are these two pillars, and the two pillars were discipline and compassion. And it was such a powerful statement to me because I think people, you know, they see you here. How many hours do you put in a day here? Do you know what I mean? How many years have you been doing that? You say, I could go and sit behind a microphone and do the same. You know, people don't realize the kind of commitment it takes to have a successful career as a writer, to have a song, to be a screenwriter. You got to put in a lot, a lot of time. And that, and the same thing to be a successful human being. You know, the same thing you go into being a career person, you have to be to be a successful human being. And that's what people just don't get. And hopefully, maybe they'll read this and get that. It's, Oprah's got a great line, incidentally, yeah. that, that applies directly to you. Yeah. She says that you know that the source of the, the wound is, is the source of the wisdom, and and your wound yeah. is got to be your, your wisdom is directly related to your wound. It's one hundred percent. But you know, it, it did take that to get around it. Like yeah. it did not feel like wisdom. You know, <laughs> at the time, it yeah. felt like I'm dying. But in uh, if some of the bad things hadn't happened, and, and most of them I, I, I had happened myself, if that didn't happen, I probably wouldn't be sitting here. I'd be doing something different, you know, and I certainly wouldn't be able to connect to people the way I do. And let me just say this about gratitude and trust. Uh, 
I think that this is the most selfish thing that you can do that benefits other people. That you sit and ch- make these changes in yourself and you're giving a gift to all the people around you. And it's just amazing to me. Oh, sweet. Thank you so Thank you so much. much. You, wow. are a gi- you are a gift. Really? Friend. That was really beautiful. Thank you. You are a gift. Gratitude and trust. Six affirmations that will change your life. Paul Williams and Tracy Jackson. Thank you so much. Thank it's you. good to see you. Thank you. Thank wow. you so much. Wow. That was love. Why are there so many songs about rainbows and what's on the other side? Well, rainbows are visions, but only illusions, and rainbows have nothing to hide. So we've been told, and some choose to believe it, but I know they're wrong, wait and see. Someday we'll find it, the rainbow connection, the lovers, the dreamers, and me. And all of us under its spell, we know that it's probably magic. It is, uh... Well, that was a very, very cool moment. I got to tell you this: the the thing with uh, Gil and his little girls and having Paul sign that stuff was really, really sweet. Uh, the name of the book is "Gratitude and Trust: Six Affirmations That Will Change Your Life." It's available in stores and online. At I am Paul Williams and. What is uh, Tracy's? Tracy Jackson 4, the number 4. At Tracy Jackson 4, the number 4. Mm. And so, then Paul is I, the letter I, the letter M, Paul Williams. I'm Paul Williams. Uh, so we'll uh, put up uh, that on our Twitter account. Um, for the first responders that would like to hang out with uh, and send some stuff over there. Um, no, Fez wasn't around with crazy paint. Learn to move on. Uh, so anyway, you can get that. Here's uh, Chris. Chris, you're on the Run a Fest show. Chris. Uh, yeah, Ron. Uh, I was I was going to ask uh, you and Paul. I'll just ask you because um, you have uh, so much experience and so wise about the situation. I'm in recovery myself, and I have uh, about nine and a half months. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm I'm. Uh, I associate with like-minded individuals in a in a, a group, and uh, I'm living the life and and everything. But you know that that kind of, that person that kind of helps you along. I had a issue with that person, and it it, it brought back all of the distrust that I had before. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of just I'm kind of just floating through those. Not the six, but the the twelve. I'm kind of just floating through those on my own, kind of. And and I hear I hear people stress, oh, well, you need a guide. But I, the 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 trust issue there. After I mean, once you once you get into recovery, to to get 
to earn trust, get trust, and, and start trusting people. And then once you're 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 working things and trying to yeah. do your deal, and and somebody lets you down that way, it's really tough. I mean, how how much importance do you put on uh, on that guide, or, or, or can you kind of do it yourself? Dude, I think it's just by the same way. If a guy said to you, "Oh, I was with a girl and she broke my heart, so I'm not going to date girls anymore," you'd be like, "Dude, you're blowing it out of proportion." I would use this the same way. Just take your time and know that you're in charge and find another person that you feel like you can, you know, trust as part of is this. It, is, it, is it, I mean, is it possible? Yes. Can you, uh, I'm halfway through uh, doing what I need to do and working it. Is it, is it possible to do it on your own? I've or never, I've never heard of any uh, anyone doing that way. Just like most things okay. are better with someone who's done it before. I mean, uh, like again, you could probably learn carpentry on your own without with being with another carpenter. But wouldn't a master carpenter be able to look at you and go, "Oh, your thing is right here, but if you did this, it would be even better," and on and on like that, you know? So yeah, just yeah, go, yeah. go out, look, yeah, and, and look, you're in charge of your life, man, dude. Find, you know, just feel brave enough to talk to the right people. All right? Yeah. Good yeah. Luck, well, I'm, my glad friend. You have, I'm glad you have Paul on, man. His book. I'm 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 glad he's putting stuff out. I love people that put stuff out for just regular people to read and maybe get an insight of of something like the life that we try to live. Thank I you think so a lot much. Of society doesn't understand that. Thank you so much, Chris. Eight six six Ron zero Fez. Eight six six Ron zero Fez. Um, let's uh, go over here to. Um, Connor, Connor, you're on the Run of Fish show. Hey, man, how's it going? Good. Good. Uh, that was awesome to have him on there. Um, I'm actually, uh, I'm an early recovery myself. And um, I just wanted to say that uh, listening to your stories over the years and um, kind of being an addict and not really knowing it. And uh, I, I was able to, I, I just got out of treatment in August and I was able to actually use a lot of your influence as like an inspiration. So I just wanted to say thanks for all the stories and stuff and kind of being a, kind of being a, proponent for for recovery and um just all the like like that story you told with dr steve about not taking any medication at the hospital i had a situation that come up that i did the same thing strictly because you know i was like ronnie beat it i can do it so i just wanted to say thanks man well you know what i'm still not even sure if i did the right thing there i've talked to enough people that said that i haven't um <laughs> but i i just wasn't at a place where yeah. i i felt comfortable with that, and I, I still don't know where my head is on that. Yeah, yeah well, they, they like I had I, I dislocated my shoulder, and they they had to give me some stuff to to put it back in. But I told them I didn't want anything afterwards, and um, I I was only you know sixty days in, and uh, I was like I can't I can't do it, and I you know I telling people they were happy for me, and like I yeah, myself I kind of struggle with with knowing if I did the right thing, but um, knowing where it could lead was was the better was the better choice. So, all right, thanks, bro. Awesome. Thanks, man. All right. Peace. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. That book is called Gratitude and Trust, Six Affirmations That Will Change Your Life. And it's available in stores and online. And basically, this is for people who don't have addictions, uh, but can... um, just go out and use some of these things for their life, either to make other changes or interact uh, with the world uh, better. It's uh, I am Paul Williams and at Tracy Jackson 4. By the way, the Tracy 
is with a T C E Y instead of just C Y. Um, here's uh, Dan. Dan, you're on the Run Fest show. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to ask Ron. I've been clean for 28 years, uh, mm-hmm. but I I can't go to bars and social. I, I can't watch other people drink and have fun. Do you have any suggestions? So um, I I've talked about this on the air before. I never go to a party or a bar in the early part of the evening because that's the only time that people are socializing and have fun. I normally show up later when they're shit faced and annoying <laughs> and they look somewhat embarrassing. You know what I mean? Sloppy. But yeah. I don't show up at what I call. You know, Miller time. You know, I don't <laughs> yeah. want to see the sun going down over the pool bar and people drinking. No, that doesn't work for me at all. Um, okay. So I always go a little later. Oh, cool. Yeah. I, for some reason, I mean, I just I, I just don't like to socialize anymore. And, and I mean, my wife and I said, well, we're leaving. We're out of here. So, but I appreciate you don't socialize uh, with any non-drinkers. I don't know hardly at all. I mean, you're going out to a bar or, or whatever. I just, whatever, my friends, they didn't trust me for the longest time. They're all Irishmen. So um, it's just it's just so hard watching somebody get shit-faced and knowing that I was there, like, you know, 28 years ago. Yeah, I, you know, I can identify. I certainly can. Okay. Um, but, you know, here's Chris Stanley. He gets shit-faced. And- Occasionally. It never looks fun to me the way Chris Stanley does it. It looks like, well, Chris Stanley looks like his drinking looks like it takes place at the corner of shame and regret. I mean, almost immediately, he's very internal. You're not a, hey, everybody, we're drinking. Yeah, you are very quiet. And pounding hard and staring into the yeah. bottom of your glass. A lot of, lot of, lot of long stares. Like, yeah. They're trying to just burn a hole through things. And then sometimes you just go like this. Oh, fuck it. Another please. Oh, fuck. This story about Gil, who's the program director here. Here's the whole thing. And I, I he didn't know that I was going to force him into this. But he told me and Michelle the story the other day. And he says to me... I never ask people for things. I would never do that. He's worked in radio a long time. But what happened is that he left Philadelphia to come here to work. And he got a call like, you know, hey, there's a there's an opening here coming up. Can you be here very, very quickly? So he his kids were still in school. And he's got the twin seven, nine um, so he's got three girls and he didn't want to take them out on a school year, right? Yeah. So he came and lived in the studio apartment while they were in the suburbs of Philly. And, you know, six months or whatever goes by that he's only seen his kids on the weekends or, you know, every other weekend or whatever it happens to be. And when they're little like that, it's so difficult. So their mom said to them when they saw a rainbow, your dad's at the other end of that rainbow. So he tells me the story about rainbow connection. And then he goes, if I get that sheet music, do you think Paul Williams would sign it? I'm like, uh, he's going to be, he's going to love this story. Who wouldn't? 
Who would not want to think that something they wrote helped little girls <laughs> feel closer to their dad? Of course. It's precious. It's a precious story. It is. <laughs> and I didn't even bring up the fact I kind of felt like Gil has been having an affair. Because, you know what I mean? I thought that would ruin it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't want to blow that up in everyone's face during, yeah. that, during that tender moment. And I also think his wife was having an affair down there. So I didn't want to bring that up either. Wow. I didn't hear about that. But uh, they're very, very... Um, no, I made up all the rest of that. That's very, oh. very sweet. Um, so I knew that he would, you know, I knew that he would be, be moved. How could he not be moved? Um, here's uh, Mike. Mike in Chicago. You're on the Ron Fest show. Hey, Ron. How's it going? Uh, so this Thursday, if I don't drink, I'll be celebrating 15 years clean. That's great, dude. And a big factor in that was just about 15 years ago, uh, I picked up on some of what you were saying on ronandfez.com back on uh, NEW in the middle of the night. And uh, I just hit you up on uh, AOL Instant Messenger. That's how long ago this was. And uh, without, you know, breaking anonymity or being real specific, you, you really uh, set me on a path. And uh, I've listened every day since then, and you're part of how I check in. I also do meetings and things like that. And uh, what was hilarious was early on, uh, after I talked to you online, I went to, uh, you know, a midday gathering of people who don't drink anymore. And there were three comics that are regulars on O&A just sitting there. Yeah. And uh, you might well have been there, but I didn't know what you looked like at that point. Well, so. let me tell you, uh, the amount of comedians and entertainers that I know, because we've had a lot of access to alcohol and drugs very right. on very early right. on that you know to get an abusive relationship is is pretty easy but the amount of people that you know or listen to who have thought to you know do this now here's what what always kills me about this and feels better it's like I feel like I'm at the point where I should know a lot of stuff, and I've worked to get you know help other people. But reading Paul and Tracy's book, I'm like, oh, man, I could be doing this. You know, what I mean, I could be doing this better. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I don't mean that. I mean even for yeah. myself. You know, right? Yeah. Like, no, I like get it, it man. Feels that's better why to do things better. You know. Yeah, I mean that's why I still go five times a week. Yeah, I, I've met people who, you know, have been sober for, I met a guy 40 years plus, still shows up at meetings and loves it. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, thanks, Mike, and that was very, very nice. No, I get it, man. It feels that's better why to do things better, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's why I still go five times a week. Yeah, I, I've met people who, you know, have been sober for, I met a guy 40 years plus, still shows up at meetings and loves it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, thanks, Mike. And that was very, very nice. Thank you, Rob. I Thank hope you. I didn't deflect because I have a tendency to do that as well. But that's no, very, I... very nice. Uh, the book is Gratitude and Trust Six Affirmations That Will Change Your Life. It's available uh, in stores and online. Um, CJ in California. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Hey, you know, um, I really think uh, I'm a recovery. Um, in recovery. Uh, and I can tell you that the that's the most important thing I think is is to give yourself into service of some kind. It's out of everything that they they tell you to do, 
doing something for somebody else on a consistent basis is the most important thing. And it could be a little thing. It just be, it can be sending a nice text to your daughter or your, or your, your wife to say, I'm thinking about you. You're, you're taking time out of your, yourself. You're taking yourself out of it and think about somebody else. And you're, maybe you wash their car. Maybe you mow their lawn. I, it, you're just, it's the most important thing I found is, is, um, being some kind of service to do something like you're talking about with Seth. I think that, I think you're going to, I think you personally will be probably really rewarded going forward with that. And, um, it'll, it'll bear, you know, a really good, good fruit for you. So I just think that anybody who's got the recovery, I mean, if you're active and giving yourself, uh, don't you people, think that like any good life you have to deal with has to do with a life of service? You know what I mean? Like, any good yeah. job has to be, like, kind of like a life of service. You know, like, when you would hear salesmen, like, really talk about their customers and I want to make sure I take care of them. Yeah. You could do that or people that are, like, little league coaches or, you know, some people are involved with with things or some people just go around in life and try to be somewhat righteous. But I think to think outside of yourself and not worry about your own things you have to be in service. You know what I mean? And so many people don't realize that. They don't. They're, they're, they, 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 they're, they're depressed or upset about something. And if, if, they, if they would give up what they're, what's in their head and just go do something for somebody else um, without wanting, it's, it's important also not to want to have anything. You're not trying to get anything back from that person or that, 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 that um, what you're doing. You're doing it because, it's the right thing to do. And if you don't get a thank you, or you don't get what you want, what you want back, it's still okay. It's, it's the act of doing it. That is the most important thing. I think Paul Williams really, that's, I like that whole documentary that he did and, and his, his, what he's done the last you know five years. It, it's, you, you see this guy giving of himself, um, unconditionally, uh, without looking for payment in any way for himself. And I think it's a good lesson, even for people who aren't, you know, addicts. Yeah, I mean, that's why and they re- wrote the book, which is kind of brilliant, that some of these things, which, like I mentioned, um, some of these things are pretty, uh, you know, pretty ancient things. You know what I mean? I mean, some and of them even go yeah. back, to, if you think about it, it's like the golden rule that you were told as a kid, you know, treat others the way you yeah. treat yourself. Those things are put out there because it really life does feel better when you embrace them, you know? And I know you like to keep your, you know, your, your story on the down low, but your, your show, I think every day there's some kind of, there's something that has to do with recovery every day in your show, either something you mention or even you're talking to, to, to Chris about his, you know, issues. There's always, there's, there's always something to do with, um, recovery says is a good example so i think this show you'd be surprised i think you really know how many people listen to the show for almost um a, you know um a therapeutic um you know yeah that's point. sad that would be really be sad wouldn't it, <laughs> but it is because true, yeah, but with most I, of us know. just failing just constantly <laughs> uh, all right thank you so much my friend that's very kind Bye, of you um so, uh, for first responders, I am uh, Paul Williams and Tracy Jackson for there uh, online, and we'll have some stuff um, to get. Um, but 
I, I love the idea of this books is the fact that some of this stuff could go out to people who don't have an alcohol and drug problem. Which, by the way, I don't even relate that much to people who don't have alcohol and drug problems. Like, I will tell you this. I feel like I relate better to people in recovery or even active alcoholics and drunks and and addicts. I feel like I have more in common with them than people who are just like, nah, I have a drink you know, once a year. I don't even know how to relate to that person. They're like, sometimes I have a drink and sometimes I don't. <laughs> I just don't know what that's like to be that way. Well, pick one way. If you have a drink, just go <laughs> go for it you know, full tilt. Just never stop drinking. <laughs> I mean, there's you know what always cracks me up? Uh, if I'll go into someone's house and they'll have that you know, bar set up in their living room. And I'm thinking, like, why aren't you drinking now, then? You got all this liquor. <laughs> what are you doing? All this? Why are you mowing your lawn? Don't you see how much liquor you got? You should have greeted me with a drink in your hand, buddy. Come on. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to go that far. No. I didn't know, you know, your thing. Yeah. Oh, yours is a, just a sad cry for help, then. Huh? Uh, but how sweet was it that... Uh, Gil came in with that story. It's pretty nice. Like, I've been doing radio a long time. And no one has ever said to me, uh, your show has made me and my kids feel closer to each other. That doesn't happen. They'll say stuff where, like, one day you told that dick joke, and I almost drove off the road. I get to hear that one. That's beautiful, too. In its own way. Yeah, you know? Yeah. Hmm. We like that Rainbow Connection song? Yeah. I just would like to write one really good song. I don't think it's too much to ask. I think you got it, didn't you? Just one major hit, you know? One huge, just... Yeah. Crossover hit. Yeah, just like... I mean, I don't think it even has to be like Happy Birthday. But I would want to... You want a standard? Uh, I'd like the least right wild thing. All right. Get on some movie soundtracks? That, on that part I don't care about. Do okay. with it what you want. I just want to look out and see a bunch of people singing a song and know that, you know, that's my song. I did that. Like, it always kills me, like, you'll, don't hit Wild Thing, please. That you'll be, like, looking at, like, Billy Joel, but and, like, he'll stop singing and then the audience starts to sing Piano Man back to him. Yeah. But he just plays the piano. That's got to feel weird. Like, yes, all you people know that song. Yeah, the one I wrote. The entire stadium full of you people. Uh, I've thousands. never had that. Yeah, I've never had that experience. Um, Joshua, you're on the Run Fest show. Joshua? Hi, hey, hey. uh, Fez bit. No, my question is uh, <clears throat> I've got some things going on with me right now, and they've, my doctor has put me on morphine, and it's something that. I was very scared to take because I saw my father uh, go down in deep uh, problems with it. You know, he was he was on it constantly, and so I really didn't want to get on it. But that's about the only thing that's helping right now. Now, he, you know, I was pretty young when he passed away, and I've never really seen full blown addiction through adult eyes. And was just wondering if you couldn't give me some advice as far as you know. I don't want to sink down into this so far that I can't 
realize what I'm doing. You know? Yeah, I, I don't know what to tell you from that. I mean, you're doing morphine every day? Uh, three times a day. It's a, it's a low dose. Uh-huh. And so, but it's about the only thing that'll that'll stop. Basically, they're, they're telling me that I've got the hip dysplasia and I've got a few bulge discs in the back. And I'm still having to work to provide, you know, food for the family. And so, you know, it's the only thing that's helping right now until I can get in and have surgery. Right. And like, like I said, I didn't want to get on it in the first place, but at this point, I don't have much of a choice. Well, the only thing that I would recommend is you should go to your wife and, you know, talk about it and say, let's keep an eye on this together. And I know that some people, when they go through stuff like that, they'll keep a journal also so they could go back and read over it and see if maybe their attitude or personality hasn't changed from when they started to how it's going through. But it seems like the fact that you're even keeping an eye on it is like a good thing. You know what I mean? Well, the thing that I that I was scared of the most is when I was 12, I had a surgery, and they gave it to me in the hospital. And then whenever I got the new prescription and took the very first one, it was like, man, I'm home where I want to yeah. be. Since I was 12 years old, I've been looking for this place, and this is where I want to be. Yeah, you know, that, that, that sucked to, to realize that I, I didn't even know I wanted it so bad until I had it again. So, yeah, I appreciate the journal advisement. That's awesome. All right, keep an eye on it, but that's very cool that you've, you've even done that much. All right, thanks, dude. Talk thanks, to you sir. later. All right, peace. Bye-bye. All right, we got to get ready to go now. Uh, thank our, uh, our friends Paul Williams and Tracy Jackson. Their book, uh, I'd go and pick it up. Gratitude and Trust, Six Affirmations That Will Change Your Life. Um, go check that out in stores and online gratitudeandtrust.com for first responders uh, I am Paul Williams and Tracy Jackson for you can also see that link up on Ronifez at XSM and um, who else do we got to thank from today James Spader oh James Spader. The girls love James Spader. Yeah, Blacklist on NBC tonight. They're crazy about that James Spader. Can't get enough of the guy. From Bill Hader to James Spader. We've been getting them on lately. Andrea Martin on Wednesday, and also Wednesday we will announce the next Unmasked. It's a big that, one. Yeah, it's going to be cool. It's a real big one. You're going to love it. We'll, we'll announce it at that Unmasked to give those people first chance to jump in on it. And that's it for us, right? Easter egg. Easter egg on demand. Go to on demand. Check out the Easter egg. Give we a think it's probably going to have something to do with Fuzz's star face. Uh, that picture is also up. Uh, we'll see you guys back here tomorrow. Take care, everybody. And take care of yourselves. And that's the end of my show. Donk. Thursday with Harry, Mark, and John. Satellites gone up to the skies. Things like that drive me out of my mind. You know what you've been doing? You've been listening to The Ron and Fez Show. 
It's now over. But don't worry, you can listen again and again on Sirius XM On Demand. Go to SiriusXM.com slash On Demand. Listen to Ron and Fez whenever you want. Go to SiriusXM.com slash On Demand.